Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender, and there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Folks, and thank you for once again coming to Bart's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight, we are going to be talking about a very important topic that I know you're seeing in the news, but not quite the way that they're portraying it. And of course, we are talking about voter fraud. And tonight we will have our guests on uh, Nicole Nichols and Jim Condit Jr. Uh, they'll be on the uh, show to talk about uh, voter fraud. When we get them on, we will let them in. Now, of course, what they're trying to do is, of course, Donald Trump has been talking for a very long time about you know the voter fraud. And what we're going to be talking mainly about tonight is the electronic voter fraud. Uh, But I'm also going to talk about how now that it's out that this election is indeed being rigged in part because we know from the WikiLeaks and what was done in California, and our panelists here, what has been done in California uh, to Bernie Sanders. So you know the fix was in for Hillary Clinton uh, to be the nominee uh, of the uh, Democrat parties between them and the uh, superdelegates. So we've got uh, proof of that it was rigged to get her the nomination. Uh, and then also now we know that, you know, the polls are skewed, or at least it, it very much, you know, looks that way. And we're going to be talking more about that as well. Uh, but with the narrative that the mainstream media and some so-called uh, conservative media, media, including certain folks, are trying to push the, you know, talk about the polls, making it look like, Two things. One, make it look like, of course, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to win, and you're even having some conservative talk show hosts saying, oh, yeah, it looks like it. And, you know, you even have, uh, you know, post, uh, other folks uh, saying it. And I'm, I'm trying to think of one of the guys who was on, uh, maybe Judge Napolitano uh, was on a local radio station saying that, yeah, it looks like Hillary's going to win. So people are believing these polls uh, because I think what they're doing is they're setting people up with the polls in order to, when they do rig the election uh, electronically and in other ways, the people are like, well, what's the surprise? You know, the polls said, you know, that it's going to be, you know, that she was going to win uh, poppycock. I think that, you know, that's being set up. And then another narrative, and let's say it doesn't go that way. 
And this is the narrative that I think that the mainstream media and, and some so-called, and I think even maybe Fox News, or at least some of the folks at Fox News, may very well be involved because I think they are, you know, controlled by the uh, Republican establishment where the Republican establishment do not want Trump to get elected. They're closer to Hillary Clinton and her stances uh, than they are with Donald Trump. And so they can very well uh, be helping as well. Uh, but anyway, so the narrative that I think that they are trying to put out is, and you've heard it, that Russia's involved. Russia is trying to manipulate uh, our election, and they want Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is going to be their puppet, uh, according to Hillary Clinton in, in, in the last debate when she said that, if, if you recall. Uh, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to pivot. They're trying to pivot the attention off of themselves and what they're doing and putting it on, you know, switching direction, pointing fingers at Russia and pointing at Trump, saying they're really the ones, Russia's really the ones trying to manipulate our election. Uh, you know, so we, you know, by, you know, all the hacks and things of that nature. But, but let's say the, it is the Russians who are hacking, who are hacking it, okay? Let, let's say that's even the case. For what I've seen, Hillary Clinton has not denied any of the things that these leaks have come out and said about her and about the Democrats in the campaign. I haven't heard anyone who I, I never I haven't heard her uh, disclaim it, any of it. And so, you know, all she keeps saying is, "Oh, well, this is the Russians trying to manipulate the election." And you even got some so-called you know conservatives who were like, "Well, the Russians might be had it." And of course, uh, the main culprit with that is. What I would say is Megyn Kelly. Now, we all know Megyn Kelly has had it out. We're going to play an audio uh, shortly while we wait for our guests uh, to call in. Uh, but we're going to have uh, a clip here shortly of Megyn Kelly, uh, you know, pleasant enough in the beginning, uh, but then getting really nasty with Newt Gingrich, which, you know, is one of our favorite folks uh, here, at least mine. And so – after that interview, it should be plainly clear to anyone that she is in Hillary Clinton's camp. I mean, it's we know whose camp she is uh, by he, you know, by this interview. Not just this interview. I mean, but this is kind of takes the uh, the cake, uh, at, least, at least for me. I mean, she just makes it pl- plainly obvious, you know, who, who she's who she's in the tank for. And so we're going to get ready to play that audio while we're looking. Uh, for or waiting for our guests, and so if you'd like to, ch- I do see there are already some callers here, uh, and so if you'd like to chime in, uh, just give us uh, you know the one, and some has already done on your one number dial, and I'll get you in. And it's not just give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. I already see a couple callers uh, who like to come in, but what we'll do is. We will don't if you if you've seen the the new uh, and Megan Kelly video uh, don't bring it up until afterwards but we'll go ahead and get some of your uh, beginning comments because I do like to get people into the show as, as early as we can uh, so let's go ahead and get Susan and David in and then we will play that audio uh, while we're waiting for our guests tonight and then you know get their initial comments and and thoughts and then we'll do that but first uh, we'll send in uh, Susan she called first and then David or at least a push the one in the number dials to get in. So let's go ahead and welcome Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight as I take a sip of my coffee? Uh, 
<laughs> Starbucks coffee? <laughs> um, it's actually a mouthful, no. but go ahead. Um, well, you know what I, my questions are, and in truth, I would never, ever back Hillary. But Donald wasn't my choice either. Well, you know, Rand Paul was, and or Ben Carson. Um, yeah, I, no I, I mean, I like those two as well. No one's perfect, and I get that. No one's perfect, and uh, but I, I wish Newt would have ran again. I think it would have destroyed her. Good. Oh, definitely, he would have. Um, she she admires in her own sick, weird way, Ron Paul. She has made that comment, and some time back I had the video on it <clears throat> where he was questioning and he was talking and said she'd never seen such enthusiasm from people for him. And they told her, don't encourage him. He'll he'll start running again. Uh, <laughs> so she admires how he's able to get people to love him and to follow him. Um and for her, for her to say that, I, I that was a that was a compliment in a weird, sick way. Uh, anything the lady does is weird and sick. And as far as Donald's affairs, there was one lady on here that said, "Oh, Donald Trump should be. I don't know who I can vote for. Donald Trump should be on the Capitol steps." Um, tearing his clothes off and wearing sackcloth and ashes and praying for the Lord's forgiveness. And I'm like, okay, someone might mistake him for a bum. He's tearing his clothes off on Capitol steps. They really have something to uh, talk about then about him. Uh, I I told her I just thought that was inappropriate, you know. But she said she's done it here at the Capitol here in Idaho, prayed for corporate forgiveness and her own forgiveness right in public. And I was like, no one wants to hear your personal sins in public. And you can't pray to God for the corporate forgiveness because everybody is responsible to God to ask for forgiveness for themselves. You can't, that's like praying for other people. That's, and I love LDS, but you know them and the Catholics, they all have this baptism for the dead and all this. Uh, that's fine if that's how they believe. But um, you really can't. It's between you and God. It's between the owner of a corporation and God, what he's done and it's wrong. She can't go and pray for corporate forgiveness. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> when you get these religious people in there sometimes, they go way out on a limb. And it's just sort of weird. Uh, so I can't pray for Hillary's forgiveness. She has to ask for that herself. And I think the woman is possessed by demons in truth. Ugh. Seriously, I've looked in her eyes. She looks like she's just possessed. <clears throat> but, hey, it's a sick, sad world anymore. So that's mm. it for me right well, the moment. And let's go ahead. Uh, of course, we got the line open. You know, it's going to be a background noise, of course. Just uh, mute the mic. So let's go ahead and bring in David in to get his initial uh, thoughts for this evening, and then we'll get to our audio clip. And what I'm thinking uh, tonight is I know Wednesday night's uh, they have their meetings for Watch the Vote 2016. Uh, Jim Connor Jr., one of our uh, guests tonight, and uh, I believe Nicole as well. And so they're going to uh, – Nicole Nelson, I'm, I'm not going her Nichols, I don't know why. But uh, Nicole Nelson, uh, they may still be in one of those meetings and may be uh, going along. 
Uh, so they may, you know, maybe calling in later than what was uh, initially anticipated uh, for the show. But let's go ahead and say hello, David. How are you tonight? Hey, doing great. Yeah, my I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan, so they're playing the World Series. So, um, and they're doing well. So I'll probably cut away to see the game. But what I wanted to say is that specifically uh, admired Newt Gingrich. He did a great job, obviously, with Megan Kelly. And what I noticed is uh, obviously he stated the case and, and, and did everything well. At the very end, you know that Megan Kelly has these uh, weasel producers in the studio control room, and they fatter that line, which is, okay, well, good luck with your uh, anger management issues. I mean, oh, what, yeah. Bakery, no, I mean, so if that's the best they can do, I mean, it, it, that is, uh, so anyway. Uh, we're winning the we're winning the front on the uh, on the media. Their ratings are down double digits. It's hurting their bottom line. Uh, they've lost all credibility, which means they're not going to be able to command high advertising rates. These people are going to lose their high powered jobs, and all the media is turning over to uh, the the new online media. I really believe uh, Infowars and. Um, and obviously uh, all the other ones, but when Infowars in Texas, they went to the um, state capitol because they're both, you know, they're both there in Austin. So David Hart, who does a great job for him, uh, he, he goes there and confronts the director of the Texas Election Commission. He goes, hey, hey, yeah, it's like there's all kinds of uh, voter fraud problems that are cropping up, and how come we're not producing uh, paper audit trails for voting? You know, uh, why has that decision been made? And the guy's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. And obviously the news got around Texas enough to where they put pressure on them. And I, I'd like to get verification on it, but I thought, like, later today I heard the Texas, whoever it was, said, okay, we're going back to a paper system to make sure that it's fair. That is absolute American bravery uh, on command and uh, – Obviously, uh, these other shows, I've been listening to Michael Rivero. I don't know if you ever listened to uh, What Happened Lately. That guy is on fire. And Bill Mitchell's doing a great job on the polls. They announced uh, that um, 29% of the minorities that they would admit are going to vote for Trump. I know it's higher than that. And uh, uh, so that being the case, it's just we are rolling toward a wipeout. And But... Donald Trump is making, stating the case, making the case. They're uh, going forward with lawsuits already for damages, problems, and other things. The Trump campaign's already opened up lawsuits. They can't. Stop oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen a. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen a paper today. A local. Uh, yeah, see, real quick, I've seen a paper today, uh, and I didn't read it. I just seen the, the the headline on the paper, and it said, you know, Donald Trump, litigator in chief. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I bought it. I bought a USA Today for the first time in years, and I haven't even read it yet. It wasn't USA Today. It was some other newspaper, but go ahead. It was, hey, no, I'm telling you, it's on the cover of USA Today, too. I mean, they are he, they are taking over, and they're starting up Trump TV at 630 every night. I haven't even seen it yet, but that's a great concept. It's just, um, it's just so admirable what this guy has done. And when he gets in office, he's going to be, you know, it all leads from the top. He's going to say, look, guys, I don't need payoffs. I don't need to make a bunch of money off, you know, ripping off the government and uh, getting side deals and all that kind of stuff. And if I don't do it, you don't need to be doing it. And 
that is so different than what Bill Clinton did and what the Bushes kind of did on the DOD side. And then the Democrat liberals said, hey, we want to play that game too. But they did it in the you know environmental and Solyndra, EPA, HHS, Department of Education. And, and then, you know, then they started in with the State Department. So you got Hillary and Obama. And, like, I guess they were just like, um, well, uh, who's, you know, who's – eight years ago, it's like nobody was on the radar to even try to stop them. And they just figured they'd pay everybody else off enough to where they just keep it going. They just never figured that somebody finally would stand up to them. And, you know, I'll tell you, anybody else, uh, I mean, if you're not – Solidly behind and supportive of Trump. I know other people back to other candidates in the past. I mean, okay, great. Well, guess what? You know, I mean, it's like this is our team. And just because somebody doesn't get to be homecoming king of the homecoming doesn't mean you can't go to the game and cheer on your team and be a part of it. So uh, that is what I have to say. We need unity. The only people that aren't supporting feel like that, um, that they're going to lose something by the fact that he's coming, they're going to lose whatever, whatever Paul they are getting out of the situation. Yeah, I could go for hours on Paul Ryan. But anyway, for the most part, I'm having a lot of fun because I think that uh, Trump really, he makes everybody feel young again. America is, you know, everybody feels confident again, and he's firing up America. Anybody that does that, uh, that is fantastic, and uh, I just feel very confident. They can throw as much as they can at us. Also, the WikiLeaks guys, uh, are helping out quite a bit. And the important part on the WikiLeaks is basically most of those are internal whistleblower turncoat rats relieving the ship because they know the Clintons are short-term, evil, bad, and they're like, some, they're like somebody needs to tell them or somebody needs to stop them or I'll stop them. And all it takes is a, is a few of these people. And they dumped all this information over to WikiLeaks and uh, – and obviously WikiLeaks handled it properly, but also even a lot of the FBI, you know, there's a civil war going on in the FBI. You literally got part of them that are trying to hold on for the administration. The other half can't wait to get those guys out, and that is the story. And nobody is exercising any proper journalism except you, of course, Robert, and uh, the new media online, and it is, again, the Michael Savages and Michael Riveros and Rush. Rush Limbaugh had Trump on his show yesterday. Alex Jones had Trump on his show. Yeah, Trump ago. is a, not Trump. Rush has surprised me this year because normally, I mean, and, and this was a big time the case in 2012. I don't know if he was, he's been able to separate himself uh, this year. Uh, you know, with with he don't need their money or their support or something now. I don't know. But in 2012, he was a shill for the. Rush was a shill for the Republican establishment. Uh, not this, well, not this year. Well, I mean, not this year. It seems like he's even hammering, hammering uh, that. Hammering who in 2012? Sorry. Who did Rush? No, I'm, no. I mean, he he was he. I mean, he was no, he was shilling for the. You know, he was shilling for the Republican establishment. Uh, you know, back in 2012, but I mean, he's really, you know, starting to, you know, I've heard him, you know, expose the, the system. I mean, really talk about the powers of be, you know, you know, Paul Ryan, things of that nature saying, look, these are what you said, you know, they've got, they've got something to lose and they want to hold on to that power, you know, and they'll do anything, including vote for the enemy, so to speak, in order to maintain that power. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, being a shill is basically, um, I, I guess, how do you how do you define that? Uh, knowing better than knowing better than what you're really knowing saying. Knowing better, but towing the line anyway. If somebody's if somebody's paying you to say something that is, I mean, it, it's like uh, uh, I don't know, like Chase or, or you know Chase getting a check from uh, somebody on the Democrat side to try to run interference against Trump. That is shilling. I, I don't see. I don't see Rush Limbaugh shilling for anybody in my – and I know those other guys disagree with me. He doesn't need their money. He doesn't waste his money. He doesn't spend a lot of money. He earns his own money. Michael Savage is the same way. It's like nobody owns this guy. Trump's the same way. Nobody owns these guys. He doesn't – He doesn't. his income is not affected by what he says about General Electric or what he says about – uh, Rupert Murdoch, or what he says about you know. No, no, here, no. That's not that's not what I mean. I'm not. No, do I do I think that Rush Limbaugh in 2012 needed the money of the GOP or anything of that nature? No, I'm, no. But I think he liked the connections. Um, I think he liked. I, hold on, let me finish. Uh, yeah, I think he liked the connections that he, you know, that he's got, you know, with with the GOP. Certainly, uh, the the establishment and the the RNC things of that nature. Uh, just for you know the way he. I mean, he knew. I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean, I, I, I could play an audio clip where he lied on, he, where he lied on the day of the Florida primary uh, for Santorum. Okay, I, I've got an audio clip, and I'm not going to play it now because we're not talking. This show's not about Rush, but I could play an audio clip where, where Rush lied about that, about, about that primary. You know, because he, he was pushing for Romney. He, he was pushing for Romney in 2012. You know, just like you know, just like the rest of them, and we all know Romney was not a conservative. But this year, okay. I, you know, I think that those principles are being you know kept, and he's actually thinking about you know the people now. At least okay. it's evident that this year compared to 2012. Okay, I got it. So you think that he should have supported Santorum instead of supporting Romney, and you think he had, he had no, no, actually no. No, 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 no. Okay, he actually telling? lied. Say, no, no, here, let me tell you what. Let's see if um, I'll play the audio clip real quick. I wasn't really going to, but um, okay. uh, let me see if I can find it. I got, um, there we go. Here's the he audio. Ron Paul. Well, so here's the, uh, By the here's way, the folks, just I have, I have to remind you again, again that Gingrich debated John Kerry on global warming at one point, and they agreed on practically every point. That was bad for Gingrich. Bad. Nobody is innocent. Everybody is guilty of some transgression at somewhere against conservatism, except <laughs> Santorum. See you tomorrow. And that was uh, on the day of the Florida. That, that was the day of the Florida. That was the day of the Florida primary. We know Santorum, okay. you know, had you know transgressions against conservatism. And there are some, you know, some out there who think that Rick Santorum was just, you know, and, and others, but Rick Santorum was there to split the conservative vote so that Romney could get the delegates to, you know, to get the nomination. But anyway, we're, let's stick on topic. Uh, I am going to get play that audio clip uh, that I wanted to at the beginning of the show, you know, with uh, Newt Gingrich uh, versus Megyn Kelly, and then we'll, uh, then we'll take uh, some further comments. And then, yeah, I know it's the the World Series, and I guess there's a ton of people uh, sitting from the TV and watching that. So, uh, of course, this uh, show will also be on the archive and part of the 
you know, I have it on uh, iTunes, uh, so you'll be able to, you know, get it there, part of the podcast. So let's go ahead, and if you're going to be uh, having any noise in the background, please be your mics while I play this interaction between Newt Gingrich and Megyn Kelly, and then we'll continue our discussion from there. And uh, I may, in the interim, uh, try to reach out to our guests for tonight. It's now with more Newt Gingrich. He served as Speaker of the House. He's a Trump supporter and author of the book, Treason. Great to see you, Mr. Speaker. Thanks for being here. So it's good to be back. I mean, with, with Cook and many other nonpartisan independent pollsters now saying that the Senate is likely lost to the Republicans, what does that say? I mean, if Donald Trump loses this White House race and the Republicans lose the Senate, does that suggest that the Republicans nominated the wrong candidate at the top of their Look. ticket? The next two weeks are a contest of two parallel universes. Uh, I just listened to that report. First of all, I used to hang out with Charlie Cook when he would explain that Donald Trump was hopeless and would not get the nomination. I like Charlie. That doesn't mean he's infallible. But let's let's take the, the report we just got. Republicans are actually outvoting Democrats in Florida. They're outvoting Democrats in Pennsylvania. That's unprecedented. They've cut the you Democratic lead. You predict a win in Pennsylvania? I think they might. Really? Uh, they're Giving Trump they're good literally, win in Pennsylvania. Look, all I can report to you right now is they're outvoting the Democrats in early voting, uh, which is also true in Florida, which is unprecedented. But all uh, of the historically, polls in Pennsylvania Democrats have her early. winning. What? All of the oh, polls in Pennsylvania I, have her ahead. I know. I just told you we have two alternative universes right now. Uh, in Iowa, for example, the Democrats are 50,000 votes behind where they were with Barack Obama in turnout. Uh, the governor is very confident we're going to carry Iowa which Obama carried last time. I can just carry you through case after case like this. In Minnesota, we're almost certainly going to win the congressional seat up around Duluth, uh, which is a very Democratic area, but it deeply dislikes Hillary Clinton. Uh, and represent now. But let me, just ask, you. Let, me, let me just ask you, because it, uh, you say it's two alternate yeah. universes. Um, I mean, you're, these are sort of small examples of how he might be heading early voting and so on. But I'm telling you that the Fox News decision desk just moved Iowa, that you just mentioned, Indiana, 2nd con Congressional District in Maine, all of them moved left, moved more likely to vote for Hillary Clinton. And in fact, all of the moves that sure. have been on this map over the past three weeks by Larry Sabato, by Cook, by the Fox News decision right. desk, these are nonpartisan outlets that are just trying to call the electoral no, not nonpartisan outlets. Every outlet you describe Fox, is part of the establishment. Fox News, are really, are we? I don't think so. Oh, and they all, every state they've moved, they've moved it to the left, towards Hillary. And you tell me whether that's all made up. No, I think they're two alternative universes. You have a poll which suggests that she's going to get a Barack Obama turnout among African Americans. I don't think that's going to happen. You have a Washington Post ABC News poll where they took out 8% of the vote because they didn't like the way it voted. Look, I'm, I've been around long enough. I remember when the Detroit Liberal newspaper on the Sunday before the election said John Engler would lose by 14 points. He won the governorship that year. Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't take the, I don't take polls as seriously as people who've never run for office. But your candidate, you. your candidate loves them and has touted them from the beginning. And he's been behind in virtually every one of the, out of the last 40 polls that we've seen over the past right. month. That's the reality. Look, if you want to assume the election's over, skip the next two weeks and we can talk about the future. I'm not assuming fine. anything. I'm, I'm, just, I'm asking you whether you believe right. your candidate's behind based on these numbers and what I, it says about the, the down ballot very, races. I, I believe the odds are at least one in three and maybe better than that that the difference in intensity 
and the difference in determination and the degree to which Hillary Clinton is clearly the most corrupt, dishonest person ever nominated by a party all mean that the odds are pretty good she's not going to win. Mm -hmm. Now, I actually believe that. This is not just because I'm for Donald Trump. I actually believe the American people so let me, let are me ask sickened you about that. by this. So she, sure. let's assume she is corrupt, right? She was Parasite. just as corrupt three weeks ago and three months ago, and she, she would have been corrupt and collapsing physically on September 11th of this year, and her poll numbers tanked. But then you know what happened. He had a rough first debate. He took the bait on Alicia Machado. He stayed in that trap for a week. The Access Hollywood tape came out, which was not produced by Hillary Clinton. That was Trump on that camera was, talking Megan, about grabbing women. Look, I just heard you go through this with, 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 with uh, Governor Pence. I get yeah. it. I know where you're coming from. But let me point out something to you. Sure. The three major networks spent 23 minutes attacking Donald Trump that night and 57 seconds on Hillary Clinton's secret speeches, you don't think this is a scale of bias worthy of Pravda and Izvestia? I mean, you want to know why Donald Trump's had a rough if time? If Trump is I a mean, sexual predator, that he's is... He's not a sexual predator. Okay, you that's can't your say opinion. That. I'm you not taking not a position on it. You could not defend that statement. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of people it. like you using language that's inflammatory that's not true. Excuse me, Mr. Donald, Speaker. Donald, Donald you Trump have no idea whether it's true or not. What we know is that neither, there are... Neither do you. That's right, and I'm not so, taking a position on, on it, unlike yes, you. Yes, you are. When you use the words, you took a position. So what I, think I said it's very is unfair of you to do that, Megan. Incorrect. I think that is exactly the bias people are upset by. I think that your defensiveness on this may speak volumes, sir. No, what I said let me just is... Suggest if, to you. No, no, no. Let me make my point, and then I'll give you the floor. Well, what I said is, if... Trump is a sexual yes. predator, then it's a big story. And what we saw on that tape was Trump himself saying that he likes to grab women by the genitals and kiss them against their will. That's what we saw. Then we saw 10 women come forward after he denied actually doing it right. at a debate to say that was untrue. He did it to me. He did it to me. We saw reporters. We saw right. people who had worked with him, people from Apprentice and so on and so forth. He denies it all, which is his right. We don't know what the truth is. My so, point to you so, is, as a media, as a media story, we don't get to say the ten women are lying. Oh, we have to cover that story, sir. Oh, sure. Okay. So, so it's worth 23 minutes of the three networks to cover that story, and Hillary Clinton in a secret speech in Brazil to a bank that pays her 225,000, saying her dream is an open border where 600 million people could come to America. That's not worth covering. That is worth and covering. You want to go back and to the did. tapes of your show recently? You are fascinated with sex and you don't care about public policy. Me? Now that's really? what I get out of watching you tonight. You know what, Mr. Speaker, I'm not fascinated by sex, but I am fascinated by the protection of women and understanding okay. what we're getting in the Oval Office. And I think the okay. American voters would like and to know. And therefore we're gonna send Bill Clinton back to the East Wing because after all, you are worried about sexual predators. Yeah, listen, it's not about me. It's about the women and men of America. And the poll numbers show us that the women of America in particular are very concerned about these allegations and in large part believe that they are you, a real issue. And you want to comment, you want to comment on whether the Clinton, Do you want to comment on whether the Clinton ticket has a relationship to a sexual predator? We on the Kelly file have covered that story as well, sir. I will no, tell you I just the want to hear you use the words. I want to hear you words, Bill Clinton sexual predator. I dare you. Say Bill Clinton sexual predator. Mr. Speaker, this we've covered by the island of the Arkansas me, bar. Disbarred by the Arkansas me. Bar. $850,000 penalty. Excuse me, sir. We on the Kelly file have covered the Clinton matter as well. We've hosted Kathleen Willie. Oh, we've we've covered the examples 
of him being accused as well, but he's not on the ticket. And the polls also show that he'll the American the, public is less in interested in the deeds of Hillary Clinton's husband than they are in the deeds of the man who asks us to make him president, Donald Trump. We're going to have to leave it at that, and you can take your anger issues and spend some time working on them, Mr. Speaker. Thanks for being and here. You too, and you too. You too. Yes, so, well, what, what vitriol in her voice? I tell you what, I, that that woman. I tell you what, and usually I save that uh, moniker for Hillary, uh, but that woman, Megyn Kelly. I tell you what, you know, she 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 bet she might as well just be on CNN. Seriously, she might as well be on there. One, you know, she says let's assume Hillary Clinton is corrupt. Okay, she also didn't mention on how Hillary Clinton treated those women, okay, that Bill uh, Clinton was charged. So she didn't mention anything about the timing, okay, of when – she didn't mention that – she never mentioned the timing of when the uh, these, these ten people came out. And, and I said this, you know, the show after the debate, I said when Anderson Cooper, okay, asked about that, you know, asked about, you know – that tape, and when he point blank said, you know, I asked him, I'm paraphrasing, did you, you know, do what, what you know, something in the tape, and, and Trump said, no, I didn't, no, I did not. I said right there, I said, you know what, now that Trump said that he's never done that, you're going to see women coming out of the woodwork saying that he, you know, sexually assaulted them. Once Anderson Cooper asked, did you sexually assault those women, and, and, and Trump said no, and Trump, you know, then I knew, man, these women are going to start coming out of the woodwork. The thing is, is why – look, Trump has been in the spotlight for years, and they never came out. They're now coming out now when he's running for president. Give me a break. How do you not see that? How do you not see that? And Megyn Kelly sees it. She just doesn't like Trump. She would rather vote for it. And I tell you what, in the privacy of that ballot box, you know, I'd be willing to bet money. That she's gonna that that she's gonna vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm willing to bet money on that. She wants to sleep. She wants to sleep with Bill. Please. You know, maybe she does. Um, but well, but I tell did. you what, you know, and, and and let me tell you something. After this election, after this election, one of the things I'm gonna be working on is I'm gonna you know I'm gonna find as much stuff on Megyn Kelly as I possibly can to put on the show, and let's put her under a microscope. Let's put her in the spotlight. Let's talk about the way she's dressed in some of these you know, articles I've seen and some of these photo ops that she's had. Let's talk about her interview. Uh, oh, who's that one long-haired guy who uh, – oh, it's, it's a controversial radio show. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but her interview with that, that you know, is, uh, what's his name? Oh, well, doesn't matter. Uh, but, you know, the interview with that. So Howard, let's go ahead and, and bring up some things. Howard Stern, thank you very much. You know, oh. well, let's see what happens with her and Howard Stern. I'm telling you, she is part of – we've got our guests in the line. We're going to get Nikki and Jim in here, okay? And she is part of what I think is the, the media manipulation, okay, in order to, one, you know, make people think that, yes, indeed, you know, Hillary Clinton is. I don't know if we can believe these polls. So, one, they want to demotivate us. Oh, well, we might as well not even go out and vote which I think would make, should make us want to go vote stronger. And one, I'm going to, you know, after some other articles I read, I'm thinking about, you know, saying, look, you need to give me a paper ballot. I want to hand in a paper ballot instead of, you know, taking this card you're going to give me and put it in that machine, not knowing what the hell is going to happen to my, 
my vote what's it's in there. But let's go ahead, and we do have uh, our guests. Yes. Uh, quick one. Uh, basically, uh, Megyn Kelly has miscalculated. She thought the Democrats were going to win. She knows that Roger Ailes is out, so she figured she was going to curry favor with the new leadership at Fox News, and she was going to be sitting pretty. So guess what? She's on the wrong side of history, miscalculated, become a useful idiot, and they'll get rid of her in time after the election, especially. Until then, I will ignore her when I used to never miss her. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, David. We'll keep the mics open, and we'll go ahead and uh, open up uh, the mics here for Jim. And, Nicole, thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, 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 Robert. Hi, Robert. I'm good. How are you? Great, great. I, I appreciate you guys coming to the show. Uh, I kind of have a – we've got a roundtable discussion here. We've got uh, myself on the line. We also have Susan and David. We've got some other folks on the line. Just push the one on your number dial uh, when you're ready to get in, and we'll get you to the show. Hello, Carolyn, uh, there in chat. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, there as well, there on uh, Blog Talk Radio, and perhaps we'll get some comments here from Facebook as well. Uh, but let's go ahead. You know, we're going to have a, a free-flowing conversation, and you guys have a, a lot to talk about. But our main focus uh, tonight is two things. One, we definitely want to address the electronic voter uh, issues that we're going to vote issues we're going to have uh, with the small, as you talk about, Jim, uh, the just small amount of uh, folks who actually own uh, the media and, and what they could do about it. And also, we want to talk about tonight and I want to get yourself uh, Jim and you know your perspective Nicole on what I see as the media's attempt to change uh, the narrative on voter fraud and pivoting trying to make it look as if the Russians are trying to manipulate the vote and tying Trump with the Russians and doing it that way instead of you know smoke and mirrors what we know that they do you know always blame what they're doing on someone else so I want to have that be part of the conversation uh, as well. Uh, so, Jim, if you don't mind, I uh, give deference to the ladies to go uh, talk first. So, uh, Nicole, let's go ahead and we'll start with you with uh, what you have for us. And then, Susan or David, if you've got any questions you'd like to, to ask them or, or any comments, of course, we'll be free to do that and we'll do it in our hey. roundtable uh, discussion part. Hey, Robert, can I be in polite and upstage the lady, Nikki? I want everybody to know. <laughs> well, before you comment, Nikki, I just want everybody to know that on electionnightgatekeepers.com, at the top, Nikki made probably the greatest heading of all time, where we have uh, all the logos of all of the 12 election night gatekeepers, and we have all the candidates that have been, I think, uh, we think grossly affected by election fraud through, a, through election computer fraud in the last. 20 years. So, Nikki, go ahead. <laughs> well, gosh, Jim, you just stole my line. I know you don't praise yourself. That's why I said that. But go ahead. No, I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's really important that people understand that we do have election night gatekeepers and we can identify who they are and what the problems are. And I think one of the problems that we have in the mainstream media, besides the mainstream media itself, <laughs> is that they're talking about voter fraud. 
you know, dead people voting and, you know, like Oath Keepers, for instance, today put out um, a little project that they're doing. So they want Oath Keepers to go to the polls and look for anything suspicious and look for, you know, like people being intimidating, like the Black Panthers or something like that. And in actuality, they're not addressing the computerized vote fraud, which is the biggest um, hurdle that we have to get through to get a an honest vote count, Jim. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, Robert, uh, I got a newsflash here. This is truly a newsflash in my opinion. Right before we dialed in, I was working on, you know, various things we got to do for the rest of the campaign on the computer. And, and I, I've got Hannity on uh, to my left. I got a little uh, cable TV there, you know. So Hannity, just tonight, and I got it taped, and I'm going to make it into a YouTube. Unbelievable. I, I never thought I would see this being addressed on ma- mainstream TV. Hannity and Newt Gingrich are talking, and Hannity says, hey, 20 people have called into my radio show saying that in Texas they've pushed the button for Trump on the election machines, and they had to get the poll worker to tell them. Now, of course, a lot of people don't even notice this when they push the button, you know. Right, really pay attention. The, and it's really a glitch in the machine. The programmers that are making it switch from Trump to Hillary don't want people to see that. So it's a glitch in the in the way the machine should be working for the for the fixers. And Gingrich said, "Yeah, you got people trying to vote more than once. You have uh, you have the programming of the election machines, and you have the bias of the media. So we got both. Now I'm hoping when Hannity interviews Trump that he brings this up because Trump may still we may still see him." starting to bring this up if he would just say down in texas people are voting for me and they're saying hillary's popping up on the machine that would introduce it that would introduce the real problem which is not voter fraud now i yes i agree that you know watching the polls and all that is is something because they do have buses of people going around in some areas and they do have dead people voting although that it seems to be again a system problem not voter fraud that's election official fraud but the main problem is vendor fraud and and let me just go into that real briefly uh and this is all at electionnightgatekeepers.com and it's all at openlettertodonaldtrump.com which basically have much the same stuff on it at the top now because we're getting down to the wire in all the movies like jerry Maguire and all these movies they say follow the money follow the money and everybody's oh yes that's so wise follow the money well let's follow the money at the top of the world. And those are the corporations that are able to issue money. This is not a secret. There's, I'm not saying anything that's speculation or a secret. The Federal Reserve Board issues money for the United States, and the Goldman Sachs is given power to issue money for the big businesses, the Fortune 1000. I only learned this a few years ago from some financial guys. Goldman Sachs does not have branches like Fifth Third or PNC or Chase Manhattan, but they are able to issue money for the Fortune 500 and the Fortune 1000. And a lot of people that are watching How to Invest, they watch to see when Goldman Sachs starts pumping money into the Fortune 1000, because that means the Fortune 1000 are going to hire a lot of little companies and the economy is going to take an upswing. And when they're not. So anyway, so Goldman Sachs also has that power. Now, the Fed is so powerful, uh, and we know this from Ron Paul's questioning of the Fed and being the Congress and uh, Congressman Grayson of, of uh, Florida. The Fed is so powerful that they have told Congress since 2012, 
we're not telling you how much money we're issuing. And it was always hard to find out. But we're just not going to tell you. And Congress, except for a few of them, are so cowed, they just say, great. So when you have people who are uh, issuing the money and who have the track record that are that, that those at the top of our country have of being basically more and more sociopaths as a whole the last few decades, you have a magnet for sociopaths. So the question is, so by this time, uh, if people aren't aware of this, just take it on faith for the moment. The pa- people that issue money, the, the international banks like the Fed, around them, not necessarily those entities, the people behind them and are, that control them, have bought up the five TV networks, iHeartRadio, which is the 600 stations or so that iHeart controls, all the big talk stations more or less. Uh, The New York Times, of course, for generations, the Washington Post, the wire services for generations have been in the hands of that crowd. So you have a big concentration of power. Now, add to that that we have three election election companies, election vendors, big corporations that count about 90% plus of the vote, okay? Now, how do they do this? Do they do it like they took guns and broke in and said, hey, we're going to take over the United States election system? No. They were hired by contract by about 3,000-plus of our 3,141 counties. And some very sharp lawyer in D.C., near D.C., said, that can't be. They can't have got 3,100 counties or whatever to sign a contract that they won't – they hire them and they won't look at the software – I know it can't be. I don't blame if everybody thinks I'm making it up. I can't blame you. But it has happened over the last three decades. Since 1975, that would be four decades almost, wouldn't it? It's happened. 3,000-plus mm-hmm. of our counties and all 50 secretaries of state have said – I mean, have not said. John Eustace admitted it, the Ohio secretary of state. We have him on tape admitting it. Um, and that's going to be YouTube. I'm sorry I keep saying that. I don't get it up, but we got to get it up for the last two weeks of the election. But these 3,100 counties have hired these people, and they have signed a contract. We will not look at your software. So to sum this up, you have about 90% plus of our USA votes on election night. The ballots are taken away from us at closing time. We never see the ballots again unless somebody mm-hmm. asks for a recount. And then in that 21 days, there's plenty of time to switch the ballots. Uh, I'm sorry. i got to be cynical on this, and everyone should be healthy skeptical healthily skeptical on this and then we take the results on blind faith and that's how it happens and people can't believe it they can't believe nobody's speaking up but election night gatekeepers and a few other people now thankfully hannity is hitting on it which i've never thought i'd see but that's the problem that is the problem right now i've said i've had very well informed people who don't study this subject much say well if there's a big enough landslide for trump they can't fix it right wrong they controlled the computer programs. They could make it 99 to 1 for Trump or 99 to 1 for Hillary. But they don't do that because it's got to be believable. And that's where all these phony polls, I think they're totally phony coming out of the, the big networks, is they're preparing people. They're going to start tightening them now. Say, oh, it's a close election. But what they didn't want was the real polls to come out that Trump's winning in a landslide. So they were preparing people that Hillary's probably going to win. If they feel they can't pull it off and most people won't believe them that Hillary wins, they'll have to let Trump in and try to take a step backwards for four years. But we're totally dependent right now on intimidating these three big companies protected by the five big TV networks, the election division and the news division, not not the talk show division, just to be precise. It's the election and news division, not Hannity or O'Reilly or Megyn Kelly, that are the crooks that protect the 
three big companies. But you can see what I'm saying, that if you, even if you haven't studied this, if you postulate that everything I've said is true, which it is, and you can count, call your own county everywhere in New Hampshire and say, when can we see the ballots? You'll find out no. So they, they, we are dependent now on intimidating the election night gatekeepers from letting the Trump victory stand because they're afraid if they don't, half or more of the country is going to call the, uh, the election illegitimate, and then they, they have bigger problems than letting, letting Trump in. So that's a, and I think I'm repeating myself to a lot of people on your call, but I, mean, I know you have new people all the time, so I just wanted to give people an overview of how bad things are and why we're so desperately trying to get Trump to bring up not only that the system is rigged and that the election is rigged, which he said over and over again. He's afraid the election is going to be rigged. We want him to say that the election – we're also worried about computer rigging in the election. Mm-hmm. And I really wish he would say, why are the five big TV networks protecting these three vendors that count 90 percent of our vote on secret computer programs? But someone like me is going to have to sit down with him for five minutes, to, I think, because I don't think he totally understands it. And for people that are leery of Trump, I understand that. I think Nikki's leery of Trump. I'm even leery of Trump. And but I do. I, I I have to trust my instincts that he seems to want to be a great president. And uh, that's that's me. Other people I know say, no, you're an idiot. He's playing us all for fools. But one thing's for sure: if Trump does one third of the things he's saying or tries to, we're in good shape compared to now. And Hillary, everyone knows that Hillary is not going to do anything different than the Bushes and Clintons have done for two decades. And, uh, I mean, for heaven's sakes, Tim Kaine, the biggest goof that ever ran for national office, he had 30 <laughs> people in Florida. <laughs> he had 30 people show up for his thing in Florida while Trump had like 21,000 in the next town or whatever. So, okay, that's the end of my – Nikki, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sure you got some comments, but that's – I just wanted to do an overview for everybody. No, that's great. Do you have anything that Thank you, you want to say, Robert? I'm going to bring it over to you, and then I'm going to uh, you know, bring our other uh, callers here, Susan, and then David. And uh, the other folks, just push the one on your number dial if uh, you'd like to get in. Uh, no, let's go ahead and uh, get the information uh, from you. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Well, I know that back um, when we were working on the election fraud in 2012 and then on Ron Paul's campaign in 2008, you know, we were blaming the media. We had media blackout. So, for instance, Ron Paul would be somewhere and he'd have, you know, 6,000 or 10,000 people at a university, people hanging out of trees, and the headlines on the media would be, where's Ron Paul? So we're we're seeing the same manipulation by the media, and I think it's important for people to understand that all five networks are owned by Zionist Jews, every single one of them. And that includes um, uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox News, every single one of them. We've got Murray Rothstein, who's uh, renamed himself Subner Redstone, who runs CBS, Brian Roberts and uh, Jeff Zucker, who run NBC, Robert Iger, ABC, Carl Icahn uh, with CNN that's owned uh, by Time Warner, and Time Warner is primarily owned by Israeli billionaire Aviv Nevo, and then uh, Rupert Murdoch, whose mother was, I think, Eileen Green. Jo- um, Joy, Green. Runs- Joy Green. Joy Green. What was his yeah. name? Joy, yeah. J-O-Y so, Green, and- yeah. Yeah, who runs Fox News. And then they run the New York Times and all that, you know, Time Magazine. 
and all of the other publications. So we've got 100% virtually, I mean, really, 100% of all of our media is coming from Zionist Jews. You know, no, and no, we no. know, Nikki, most could, people you know, know that the Zionists of Israel are the ones that blew up the Twin Towers. And we still have a huge cover-up on 9-11. They're still blaming, ridic- ridiculous, blaming Muslims with box cutters from pulling off this amazing stunt. That You know, they're complete terrorists. They're c- committing genocide against the Palestinian people. And, and these are the people in charge of our media. And these are the people in charge, in, in essence, of our presidential elections because of their um, influence on America because they run all the media. And we know that George Soros, right, Jim, isn't he in charge of like 16 states or a company that he's well, um, a yeah, share of major yeah, yeah. Is it Smart Metrics? Is that what it's called? It's, it's, it's smart, Smartmatic, I think. And he is closely Matic. associated. He is closely associated in other businesses with the people that run that company. And that was yeah. on Sean Hannity's radio show about a week ago, or maybe it was 10 days. No, it was about a week ago, with a, a kid named Ethan Pepper, who was just excellent. Last 15 minutes, I believe it was on October 18th, or it might have been Monday the 17th or Tuesday the 18th. Yeah. We have that on tape, too. And I want everyone to know, because that information that Nikki just reeled out there might be news or shocking to people that is not again speculation that is in the major media in other words it's in the new york times on disney's website in the wall street journal when these uh, current individuals took over these stations from other people of the same crowd quite frankly this has been going back generation uh, two generations yeah. but this is public knowledge this is not speculation of who 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 is controlling the five TV networks and the New York Times and that. And so, Hollywood, again, if, Jim, for that matter. And, and well, Hollywood. Of course. Of course. I mean, from a, years and years ago, they were bragging that the Jews owned all of the um, major movie um Actually, production. I mean, to, to give credit where credit is due, they founded all of those. I mean, uh, the, see, the, you might say if we, I, again, not to be too, uh, I don't want to be too. Um, uh, <laughs> Anti-Semitic? Too well, too politically incorrect here. But if we said, where do most of the inventions in the world come from? Most of the technological inventions, the majority come from Germanic peoples, right? Germany, Austria, that type of thing. Most of them. Okay. Uh, where, who are the greatest basketball players in the world? Is anyone going to challenge that black people are not the greatest basketball players in the world? Uh, who are the greatest communicators in the world? Quite frankly, that's the Jewish people. They're, they're the, they're, if you had to say, who is the best communicators? I would even I would say clearly if you look throughout history of the television radio it is now if they were doing if they were doing let me say something here because the anti-Semitic thing is going to come up when you talk about this stuff when they are uh, if they were doing a great job for America and for mankind everybody would be applauding you know and and so it isn't a matter of who they are as much as what they're doing. But if the Germans or the Arabs or the, you know, some other group owned all the media, certainly as Americans of freedom of speech, we, can, we, can, we should be able to talk about it and debate it. One last thing. A Jill Stein, Green Party candidate, who I, I don't support because of her socialism and a few other stands she takes, but I, she's a great candidate. She's a great candidate. If she had spent on the debate stage with Hillary and Trump, and Gary Johnson, she would have taken half of Hillary's votes. I'm absolutely positive, and I do agree. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I really like Jill Stein. I mean, if she wasn't I mean, a socialist, 
even even though she is. I mean, I would vote for Jill. And, and she's well, you know Jewish. Uh, well, she's got a great on well, policy, and that's and really be, I think one of the most important things is to stop these illegal wars based on lies well, and stop supporting the terrorist state of Israel. And she's willing to do that, including stopping giving other countries aid. Why are we giving Saudi Arabia aid? Why are we giving Egypt aid? Why are we giving all these countries aid when our people are suffering here and our infrastructure is falling apart? Robert, let me just say one more thing, then throw it back to you, because I know other people want to comment. So so Jill Stein said on her CNN town hall with the Cuomo brother, who was hosting it, she said that she was for cutting off all military aid to Israel until they, they, until they stopped persecuting the Palestinians. Now, remember, she's, she's Jewish. She was, grew up Jewish. I think now she's more of a secular Jew. She was more of an Orthodox when she was younger. She said she brought Jewish practice back into her own home because her parents had kind of gotten lax. So she said that. And then somebody in the question said, why are you picking on Israel? And she said, I'm not <laughs> picking on Israel. I'm from stopping all the military to any country that is violating human rights, which was the perfect answer. And so Jill right. Stein's being blocked out by the media. I'm sorry. They give her very little coverage. And so my, I've been saying since she said that, and there's tons of Jewish people that agree with her, one, there's been big hundreds of thousands of demonstrations against Netanyahu party in the last 15 years, which are not reported in the USA because these networks are all run by the, the Likud party, they call it, or the Netanyahu party. But I've been saying the Jill Stein faction of the Jewish people has to defeat the Netanyahu faction of the Jewish people yes. in the next round if we're going to yep. have a more just world. So anyway, so Nikki threw that in there. There's a okay, sorry. I know he said he wanted to talk about who ran the media, Robert, when we got on. <laughs> okay, so Robert, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. That's that's the end of my uh, my my initial comments here, anyway. Well, and, and what, speaking of yeah, Jill Scott, she actually you know made a comment that yeah you know, she believes Hillary Clinton would be more uh, it'd be more apt for Hillary Clinton to start World War Three than it would be for. Uh, Donald Trump, there'd be actually a, a bigger chance for that to happen under uh, a Hillary Clinton uh, administration than a Donald Trump administration. And I mean, she's and she's right. hammered on on she's hammered on Clinton, you know, also you know for the emails and things of that nature. Now, frankly, I mean, sure. if Donald, you know, I mean, if Hillary Clinton was not running, I would probably be voting for Jill Stein myself. Right, right. I mean, I'm voting I just can't. Did you mean that if Donald Trump was not running? Oh, no, no, if Hillary Clinton wasn't running. And Hillary. No, if it was was Tim Kaine and Donald Trump, if it was Tim Kaine, let's say, for instance, and Donald Trump, I would vote for Jill Stein, okay? Really? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, since I'm an environmentalist, even though I'm a conservative, but they they still do exist. But the thing is, is is that, yeah, I mean, because Hillary Clinton is so corrupt, I can't imagine – that we're actually going to reward this woman with the presidency of the United States, which is obviously corrupt. I mean, even I mean, we, I played an audio last week of uh, this this girl I interviewed at the Trump rally. You know, the Trump rally we we were at, uh, Jim. Right, and right, I interviewed right. The big twenty-one thousand. Yeah. Right, and and I interviewed this liberal girl there. She was going to vote for Hillary Clinton. And, you know, I interviewed her. I mean, it's a 21-minute interview, so I, I'm, I'm not going to play it here. But I interviewed her, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know Hillary Clinton's corrupt. Hillary Clinton is corrupt. I know she's not genuine when she acts, but she at least acts like she cares about people. 
And then I was dumbfounded. I'm like, and she, I mean, she talked very intelligently. She was definitely a, an intelligent girl, you know. And she, I don't know how many people I've talked to who said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know Hillary Clinton's corrupt, but I'm going to vote for her anyway. Totally I know. Isn't me. that amazing? <laughs> I mean, that blows my mind. Now, I have to come clean and say I'm voting for Trump because I think he's got a chance to win. Um, and he is saying pro-life well, Trump. No, 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 don't get me wrong. No, I'm, I am voting for Trump. I'm just saying if, okay. if, if Hillary Clinton was not in it, if Hillary Clinton uh, was not in it, and it was like Tim Kaine versus uh, Trump, then I, w- then I would have voted for Jill Stein. But since it's Hillary Clinton, I'm voting for Trump, and there's members of my friends and family who I'm saying, look, I've been following politics for 30 years. I've been doing the show for four you know, my degree is in political science. I've been following this stuff. And if you people who are my friends, family, they haven't listened to me for years, or you're just not going to listen to me, you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton, or in this, and some of them, Gary Johnson, then you need to just not, you just just take my my phone number out of your phone. Don't call me. Don't text me. I don't have nothing to do about with you anymore. Because if you have no faith in what I'm saying, you have no faith in me, and you need to just stay away from me. I mean, I'm getting to the point yeah. to say that. It's like, no, it's true. And we know I'm not an idiot. From, um, I know what I'm talking about. Julia Assange released the emails that it shows Hillary was going to do a regime change and destroy Syria for Israel. And then she went on again on another video and said that she would, would bomb Iran. I mean, this is nuts. This is pushing us towards World War III in addition to the mass murder and genocide that she's supporting around the world. I mean, it, it's just it's vilifying America. I mean, nobody has any faith in America anymore because of all of these wars that we're involved in. And this is all for the, something that's called the Greater Israel Project. So they want all of this land, and they're going to get it any way they can. They did 9-11. That brought us into Afghanistan and Iraq. Now we're in Syria. You know, we're blowing up Yemen with the help of the Saudis, who are complete criminals. I mean, talk about the worst human rights offenders besides the Israelis would be Saudi Arabia. And look at both of these people are supposed to be our allies. It's disgusting. Well, you know, that's one of the, you know, one of the things, you know, that, that Trump has talked about, and I, I don't want to get, in, you know, into a lot of Mideast talk, you know, tonight. Tonight's about, you know, voter fraud and the media's attempt to change the narrative on it uh, and to making it look like, and, and I don't want to get both your comments on what it appears that the media's, you know, what, and of course the other people we have online, uh, what it appears that they're trying to, you know, switch the narrative to saying that the Russians are behind this voter fraud. And, and from my understanding, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, is Hillary Clinton has not once denied any of these things that are coming out from WikiLeaks. She just said, it's from the Russians, it's from the Russians, and, and, and Trump's her puppet. And, and I, I did want to talk right. about that. Yeah. You know, but, well, yeah, I, I, I but, oh, but you know, WikiLeaks has 100%, 100% accuracy track record. So what, how could she say Trump would say is that he would, you know, there, there, there's got to be something. I mean, I personally, and, and we're not going to talk about this a lot. Personally, I think they got to do something over there, you know, with, 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 with the Palestinians and, you know, Israel. I mean, you know, that they've got to do something over there. I mean, it's and here's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm voting for Trump besides Hillary Clinton. That's the biggest reason. And you know what? And, and you folks have been following this, and I've said this many times in the show. And I'll probably say it again until after the election. And, and if Hillary gets in, I'll be saying this four more, if not eight more years from now. 
we've been talking about the same, including the Israel, you know, Middle East, uh, you know, problems. And we've been talking about these dang things for 40 years. When the hell is anything going to get pro- anything going to get solved? When are we going to start, you know, like Kenny said, going to the moon? When are we going to start, you know, you're talking about getting to Mars and, and, and actually doing things that are, will make America great again. Okay. We, I mean, right. we talk about immigration for 40 years, our national debt for 40 years. You know, we, we talk about, you know, what, what's going on in Israel for 40 years, you know, or Israel, Palestine. I mean, all these things for, for, for the, nothing gets changed. Nothing you right. know, ever gets solved, you know, and so I know we, we you're right, Robert. Debate. It's got to start being about America first, period. End of story. It's not our job to police the universe, the world, and and fund all of this disaster. I mean, it's crazy. American people need a leader that's going to concentrate on America, and I think that's why people are so drawn to Trump. In addition to, I mean, really, he says things nobody has ever said. He's addressing all of these controversial issues. So I'm hoping for the best. I'm I'm really hoping that he does what he says and he believes in what he's saying, and I'm I mean, I, what choice do we have, really? I mean, look at our choices, guys. Yeah, and, and, and no, they're no, blocking no. out. Go ahead, Go Jim. Ahead. No, I was just going to well, say, say it, the if, media. If, if, if make, real, real quick, Jim, after you make your comments, I want to bring Susan in because she's got some concerns about Trump that have to do with the Jesuits, and I think that might be something that's right up your alley, Jim. Uh, but go ahead. I would be glad, glad to hear those comments. No, I just wanted to say that even though I – I mean, let me come clean on what I would do if Trump wasn't running I, or, or if like, say, um, um, you know, one of these guys like um, uh, uh, one of the other Republicans were running like John Kasich. Jeb Bush. I would vote <laughs> Jeb Bush, yeah. I would vote for Daryl Castle, the Constitution person, even though it's a hopeless well, vote. He's not, he's not even getting any publicity. But I've voted for the third-party candidate since 1984 because I'm aware of the shadow government. I would have voted for Buchanan or Ron Paul, but they didn't get the nomination, you know, because I think they kicked in the vote fraud on them during the process. But even though I'm not for Jill Stein or Gary Johnson, I think Gary Johnson's basically an establishment guy more than a libertarian. But I oh, am yeah, outraged. I libertarians don't like him. <laughs> yeah, I am outraged that they blocked Johnson and, and, and Jill Stein from the debates. The rule on debates, yeah. you know, the, the media always says, hey, you're not doing good in our polls. In fact, the entire argument for Hillary Clinton is Hillary's winning in our black box polls. The network's all, that's all they say. She's winning in our polls. You don't know how we do them, but she's winning. Well, they said that Gary <laughs> yeah. Johnson and they said Gary Johnson and Jill Stein did, we well, didn't make our 15% threshold. That's no law. The law is the, 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 who gets in the debates should be who gets on enough ballots to win. Gary Johnson's on 50 ballots. Jill Stein's on 44. I think you can, be a, have a chance to win by being on the right 40 ballots. So if you if you won every state you're on the ballot on, and you if you won every state you would win 270 electoral votes. You are in the debate. That's an objective standard. It costs millions of dollars usually to get on the ballots. Okay, so 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 it is a real accomplishment to get on 40 ballots. They should have been in the debates, but they have the Republicans and Democrats running the debate corporation and the five networks mm-hmm. backing them up with their who knows how they did them both. So it is an outrage that Stein and Johnson were not in those debates. There's, as Ben Carson said the other night, you know, he said, we sent a man to the moon. We, we have all these technological inventions 
And he said, if we wanted to count votes, we could count them properly if we wanted to do it. And that's the point. Those who have grasped our system, the, the criminals, in my opinion, that have grasped so much of our system and need to be kicked out of the system, and we return to paper ballots counted at the precinct before the ballots leave the precinct. But, but the point is they don't want to count the votes right. They want us to run after work, mark our vote, and go home to see what ABC and CBS tells us the results are, results are which, again, right. we are taking on blind faith. So anyway, go ahead. Well, and actually, and I'm, I'm considering doing this. Two, two things I was considering doing on Election Day, because, yay, I'm on vacation for good or for ill. Either I'm going to be celebrating yeah. and cracking up with some champagne, or I'm going to be drinking something else and, and crying. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, maybe not the crying part, but I'm, I'll probably be – be, I probably won't do the show the Wednesday of the election because uh, I'll be too busy yeah, yeah. Uh, in a stupor. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I got—I was either a going to you know get my own little uh, clipboard and and do my own exit polling uh, here for the show. Uh, so I considered okay. doing that on election day. Or I've also—I just actually—but I got an email uh, almost 24 hours ago, you know, from the Green Party. And actually, because yeah. I actually am a registered Green Party member. Uh, but anyway, so uh, the recruiting party members to serve as official election observers inside precincts and board of elections on election day. So that's something <laughs> I may consider look, looking more into it uh, just to see what that's about. But, of course, if I do that, then, of course, I won't be able to do any, I believe, I won't be able to do anything in the show's capacity uh, while I'm there, <laughs> so we'll see which no, one I'm not I, sure. I, if you're, I, uh, if you're uh, Robert, if you're outside the perimeters of the 100 feet perimeters or whatever it is in Cincinnati, I think you can do anything you want out there. Just because you're working for the Green Party doesn't mean you couldn't do a few interviews. You only can't do things within if you're within the precinct. If you're within the voting building, you can't do anything like that. Okay, yeah, because I'll have to, you have to check. Um, what they want to do. Right. Okay. Well, now, now this is from um, Carolyn and welcome uh, Carolyn to the, uh, to the chat. And she's saying that she's got a, a friend who's going to give, I guess, Hillary uh, a chance for, the, for, for four years and see what happens. Um, huh. And then my friend will never vote for her again. Unbelievable. And she says her friend is Jewish. So, you know, perhaps her friend don't know about all the stuff uh, going on or maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, Carolyn, if, it, you know, what you were saying. I mean, if you're alluding to, you know, what they're, you know, mentioning about the, the, the Zionist thing of that nature. But anyway, um, now let's go ahead and we're going to bring it back in as well, David. Uh, and then I do see other callers uh, just pushed one on your number dial. Looks I just was chatting with uh, our panelist, Cindy Todd, and unfortunately she won't be able to join us by voice tonight. Uh, but she's going to try to get with us in the chat uh, in order to, you know, be a part of our show tonight. Uh, but anyway, so let's go ahead and, and address your concerns, you know, with, with a Jesuit connection that you were talking about, uh, Susan. Perhaps uh, that would be something Jill could, uh, you know, cover for you. Okay, well, a couple things to cover. Um, real quickly, I want to say that um, – if you want to protect your vote, take a picture of your ballot. Take a picture of yourself putting your ballot in. If they say you can't, you tell them to go stuff it up there. Well, anyway. 
Um, yeah, because someone told me that you wouldn't be allowed to do that. What? Yeah, I was told you I won't mean, be able, you wouldn't be allowed to like take a picture of your of your uh, your vote or, or whatever. Not that I was not that they can yes. stop us. Yeah, some states, yes. Some states, yes. Some states, no. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a ridiculous rule. That's a ridiculous rule. My vote, I can take a picture of me with holding my vote. Too bad. I can take a selfie. They don't like it. They can put me in jail. Uh, I agree. I agree. In 2009, the daughter of Secretary of State John Kerry married an Iranian physician named Dr. Brian Vale in the head. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I, I'm having a little trouble hearing hearing Carolyn. I don't know if if, if she, you can talk more on the phone or oh, whatever. Susan? Maybe I just have bad hearing. Susan. Yeah. Uh, the best man was Mohammad Javad Zarif. He is the current Minister of Foreign Affairs for Iran. He he was Kerry's chief counterpart in the no- nuclear deal negotiations that just concluded. So Kerry was dealing with his daughter's father-in-law. Many Americans believe the nuclear treaty and the $150 billion payment to Iran were a farce, choreographed and orchestrated by Iran. We are now going to have to live with that. Can you say conflict of interest, breach of national security, and aiding and abetting one of our principal national enemies? So if there are enemies, uh, Hillary's top aide is a Muslim, as is Obama's. And Huma is like married to Wiener and probably sleeping with Hillary. So they're all entangled. You know, they're all entangled with each other. And it just really burns my backside that they are. But I don't know what shows that Iran is our enemy. Iran hasn't attacked anybody in, in 225 years. And years. When, when Wesley Clark well, came out years ago and he said, that he found out, General Wesley Clark, that we were going to attack seven countries in five years, and we were going into Iraq. He went public with that. I don't know if you guys have seen that video. Um, And he's like, why? Well, guess who's on that list? Iran's on that list. Syria's on that list. Iraq, Afghanistan, they're all on that list. And if you're sitting there in, in, in Iran and you're surrounded by all of these military bases, and you see that they've taken each country out one by one based on lies and false flags, wouldn't you want a nuclear weapon? They have every right to arm themselves, in my opinion. Iran is not our enemy. Well, obviously, not if they are taking money and the daughter-in-law is married to the, you know, if they're all married to each other and all this and that. But let's put it this way. Iran did allow or were forced to or whatever happened uh kissinger and um carter took out the shah of iran okay that's just a fact i'm not back on that um now the jesuit thing uh the jesuits were founded in spain by crypto jews those who are jewish but pretend to be catholic Right, now, when, now, where are you getting well, – you finished what you're saying, Susan, but when you get done, I'm going to ask you where are you getting this information. But go ahead. This is Dollar Vigilante, just like the Daily Bell. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's Jeff. But, but, but there are recent – yeah, that's – Jeff is a guy that is, com, is a temp, contemporary with all of us. Where is he getting his information? Where is, this this thing about the Jesuits running the world has only popped up in the last twenty years, and oh, no. it is no, 
No, the Seventh-day Adventists have always believed that the Jesuits versus the Catholic Church. Wait, who's, who's, wait, wait, wait. I, I, see, I can't hear you that well. Who's, who believes that? The Seventh-day Adventists, of which I'm one. I've known this for years since I was a child. Yeah, okay, okay. You want, you want me to tell you? Okay, go ahead. Fin- finish your thoughts, then I want to I give you some food for thought on this thing. Um, they are, uh, the Jesuit function is usually full of new order types, and that's what Clinton and Trump went to that night after the debate, and it shows a picture of them partying with the Pope or the Cardinal well, or that was... what. What, uh, what? What? You say that Hillary and Trump went to the same party after the debate? Let me clarify. Uh, let, let me clarify for you, Jim. Uh, about a week okay. ago, there was the, yeah, the, the, it's an annual fundraiser. Oh, you're talking uh, about that, the Al Smith you know, dinner. That's yeah, that's the Al Smith yeah. dinner. Yeah. And he's I, not a Jesuit. And that happens every way. year. And I mean, it's it's it, yeah, it's 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 not it, it's not uncommon. It's happened for many years. You know, many elections where the candidate. Yeah, and it's not a secret. Uh, it's not a secret event. It's a public event. It was on all the. I won't party with a murderer, bitch like her. No, I don't care if you're Donald Trump or anybody. I don't think Ron Paul would have gone and supported her at this. I've been with him in pictures with I, her. Well, we don't know that. I, never I, but wait, I agree with Carolyn. That that dinner has become ridiculous. Uh, my sister and I were talking about that should be canceled. That there's no way to yuck it up with people that are engaged in many fronts on mass murder. So I agree with Carolyn. I do not agree, and I'm Sharon, Catholic. Susan. I'm raised Catholic. <laughs> uh, Susan, Susan, I, I, I do not Carolyn's agree. In the chat. <laughs> with, yeah, I don't agree with Cardinal Dolan trying to make nice with Hillary Clinton. It should have. My sister and I were talking that should have been canceled years ago. It's not like it was when Al Smith and John Kennedy and Richard Nixon were around, when everybody kind of agreed on the same principles, but it was just how are we going to get this done the best, you know? So no, I agree. That that dinner is a is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. But it is a public event, and Cardinal Dolan is not a Jesuit. I don't even think he's a cardinal. But that's I don't know how deep you want to go down the rabbit hole on this show, Robert. But uh, but what I would a- what I would ask for food for thought, though, okay, is that the this idea that the Jesuits are running the world is is really preposterous, and it always has been. And let me throw out a challenge. Um, if if we talk about the Jewish influence, which we've brought up, you can prove by actual physical people that you can identify that are running the networks, that are running the Fed. Every Fed chairman since 1970 has been Zionist Jewish, except for Jimmy Carter's friend Miller, who he put in for one year in 1977. That's this little faction within one little faction, this little faction of of powerful Zionists, which in 3% of the population is always run the Federal Reserve since 1970, really the whole time, but they came out in the open then. Uh, APAC, American-Israeli Political Action Committee, they hold a meeting that 75 senators come to and half the Congress, okay? So these are things we can document. Now, if I said, who is a prominent Jesuit? By the way, I'm going to be debating this subject on Renegade Radio on Monday night with Chris Dorsey, and a bunch of other patriots. They're going to try to show that the Jesuits run the world. I'm going to try to show that they do not run the world. But I, I would ask Susan or anybody else, name one prominent Jesuit that we can see that is running anything in the world right now. Henry Kissinger. He, Henry Kissinger is Jewish. He's not even Catholic. 
and he is certainly not a Jesuit. What? He's Jesuit trained. He's Jesuit trained. No, no, no. no. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody that goes to Georgetown or goes to Xavier University, where I went to, is not a Jesuit. The Jesuits are a religious order. So to be Jesuit yep. trained is not to be a Jesuit. You got to go through. You got to be ordained after eight or twelve years of. So Henry Kissinger is a Zionist Jew. He is not a Catholic, and he is not a Jesuit. But they influence your mind. What? <laughs> okay. In what way do they influence your mind? Give me, give me one example of how. I, I, I will tell you this, and this will, this will make everybody say, "Oh, ho, ho, a Jesuit." I went to the, one of the best Jesuit high schools in the country. It was 28th in all the high schools in the country. My high school, St. Xavier High School, was 28th. And you can believe me or not believe me. I was there when Vatican II was happening. I never heard one thing related to what we're talking about in this call or a lot of the, you know, the stuff on the Internet. We never heard one thing about try to take over the world for Catholics. Uh, we got to work together as Catholics to take over government. Anything about the Illuminati? Oh, anything let me about tell you. Yeah, well, I went to Xavier University, the Jesuit yeah. College. Now, I was. They, did they you never hear talked. one thing? <laughs> did you hear one thing about Catholics banding together to take over anything when you were at Xavier University? Robert? No, not no no no. Yeah, no kind of like takeover or anything of that nature. No, no, I mean, not it naturally. Definitely, it definitely was liberal. I mean, there was definitely a lot of. I mean, think about it. I was well, my I was a political science major, and my yeah. minors. And, and granted, I am a conservative, but my minors were peace studies and environmental studies. So you can well, imagine how Jesuits, many liberals I was around. <laughs> yeah, let, let me let me say this so you understand, uh, Susan, everybody, where I'm coming from on this. I am a conservative. I am an Orthodox Catholic pre-Vatican II. That means 1965 and before, even though I wasn't always. I I fell away from kind of all religion in high school and college to a large extent. I kind of, I guess, thought of myself as a Christian, but I basically became a Nothing. And that's because the Jesuits were telling us to leave the Catholic Church, basically. The Vatican II was happening, and the the Jesuits were saying all religions are the same. Catholicism is a nice tradition, but why don't you just, uh, you know, why don't you just stick with this nice, and I'm thinking, well, I don't want to stick with a nice tradition. I'm not going to follow all these rules if they're just man-made rules, okay? So, so, So the Jesuits were encouraging us to leave the Catholic religion. Every So I believe, and my faction believes, that the bankers we're talking about, the international bankers, took over the Vatican in 1958. And we have had anti-Catholics running the Catholic structures since 1958. And that explains why the Catholic Church now, what you see as the Catholic Church, like Cardinal Dolan, like so-called Pope Francis, is a New World Order operation. No question about it. Uh, they joined hands together along with spiritualism and corrupt fathers. They joined hands and the New World Order because they need the power. Each one needs the, the power and help from the other one. Yeah, but who is right? But see, when you're saying the Jesuits are running the world, all the changes in the Catholic Church since 1958 are towards either Protestantism or Judaism. The Protestants in the, Jew- the Jewish religion have yeah, not I'm made one. Right, I'm a Druid. <laughs> they have they've not made one baby step towards Catholicism. There has been no changes in Protestantism or Judaism or Seventh-day Adventism. You haven't seen one thing change to be more like Catholics. But since the Catholic Church was taken over, the Catholic religion has been totally changed. And it's now a New World Order religion. I go, I go to a Latin Mass that isn't even approved by the, the diocese. 
the Catholics going to 99% of your Catholic churches today who are under still under Pope Francis, so-called, are mush brains. They are New World Order, easily manipulated people, just like all the 70 million people going to the Christian Zionist churches are mush brains and brainwashed and easily manipulated people. So all I'm saying to you is you cannot name, and this is going to be my first line of attack, and if I ever debate Eric John Phelps, who's an Israeli agent, by the way, uh, if I ever debate him, I can name thousands of Jewish people who are Zionists who are running the world. You cannot name one Jesuit priest anywhere that's running anything. And if you did know the Jesuit priest, if you went to Save University or you met him, they're Germans and Italians and Spanish and Irish, and they are themselves mush brains now. They, they, can't, they can't even run a Jesuit university anymore, let alone the world. So this is a totally made-up <laughs> thing. I know it's gotten a lot of – I know it's got a lot of currency because, quite frankly, the international bankers want to direct you in totally meaning, meaningless, totally fantasy directions uh, to, to, to be fighting the non-existent Jesuit structure – even though the Jesuits have now been co-opted as part of the New World Order. So I hope that doesn't confuse everybody too much, but that is, in my opinion, exactly what's happened. I'm trying to say that they're the ones I said they have to join hands with in order to defeat. I'm a member of the John Birch Society, and we have been fighting the New World Order forever. It doesn't matter same. where they Yeah, and, same here. Uh, and, and, and John McManus, who is the head of the John Birch Society, is a Catholic and went to Jesuit schools. Did you know that? And I have no problem with Catholics in general. I have many Catholic friends. Okay, um, but, but John McManus, John McManus, who's a great guy, a great guy. I was able to pay a tribute to him a few years ago in Washington, D.C. He didn't know it was going to happen, but it was at the end of the roundtable. But he woke me up. John McManus was one of the two people that woke me up in 1972 Okay, Gary Allen's book, Nunder Caught Conspiracy, and John McManus, who at that time was on a he was on a film strip called Overview of Our World, and I give him credit. When I went to this meeting, I was driving down Hyde Park in Cincinnati to Birch Avenue, believe it or not, and I said to myself, a friend of mine had asked me to come to a John Birch Society meeting, and I said, I will never tell anybody I went to this meeting because I thought I was going to like a neo-Nazi meeting. And when I got done hearing John McManus for 90 minutes talk about the world situation, I thought to myself, I think I'm with these guys. You know? so, but John McManus, okay, is a Catholic and is a, was, went to Jesuit schools. So, again, the Jesuits, until 1958, were always totally anti-communist. But they never, I never heard one word about the shadow government in the United States or the Bilderbergers or CFR or the Zion. I never heard one word about that in high school or college. You can believe it or not believe that. I was from 1967 to 74. And the Jesuits, if you want to look at the writings of Father Leonard Feeney, it's, it's at uh, uh, Father Feeney. I think they spell it out. F-A-T-H-E-R, fatherfeeney.org slash the point. You will, see, you will see that the Jesuits were opposing the New World Order. And in 1890, look on the Internet, coming straight out of the Vatican, the Jesuit publication, Civitol Catholica, talks about the Jewish question in the 20th century. And they said in that piece, and this is probably going to be unacceptable to every, most people on this call, in that piece they said, if citizenship is not again taken away from the, Jew, the Jews, 
the 20th in, in the European countries, the 20th century is going to be a horrible century because the French Revolution was all about should the Jews be made citizens or not. The Catholic Church prevented the Jews from becoming citizens in all those countries in the Middle Ages. And then in 1789, the French Revolution, that's what that was about, was should Jews become citizens of France or not? They decided yes, and then Jews were allowed to become citizens of every European country. But here's the Jesuits writing a piece opposing that as late as 1890. So all I'm saying is this idea that the Jesuits were secretly working for the New World Order is total fabrication until Vatican II, when the entire Catholic structures of the Catholic Church were taken over. Then it's not... Then you can find one left-wing Jesuit after another now supporting the New World Order. Heck, so-called Pope Benedict the 16th a few years ago before Francis said, we need a World Bank. <laughs> I asked my conservative Catholic friends, what do you make of that? You know. So anyway. Do you know who Marcus C. Lafayette is? What? Who? 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 C. Lafayette. I, I, are, you saying Lafayette? are you saying Lafayette? Yes. You're talking about the, the French, French guy that helped help the Americans in the American Revolution? Yes, I am. Yes, I yeah, of course, yeah, he was in our history books, yeah. This quote is as follows. It is not, not the one today now. <laughs> I don't. Well, let's go ahead real quick, uh we're, we're, hey, Susan, real quick and and, we, and perhaps we'll get uh we'll, we'll get back uh to this. And then you know, you know this with, with the Jesuits, and 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 if you want to, and I'm bringing David in, uh, David, if, I mean, if you want to continue that part of the conversation, uh, but I do, you know, want to bring in, you know, I mean, we got plenty of time, and we still got half the show left, and so okay, we'll, hey. you know, bring in, you know, our about the media's attempt also, as I said, you know, to, to kind of switch the narrative, bringing Russia into it. But let's go ahead and bring uh, bring you back into it, David. See what uh, comments or questions you may have. Uh, for either Jim or Nicole. Go ahead, David. You have the floor. Okay. Hey, I appreciate uh, you guys and, and your excellent work. Um, I uh, I would just say very quickly, obviously, uh, isn't Tim Kaine, wasn't he a Jesuit or part of the Jesuit uh, community? Okay. I think, yeah. I think yeah, let me answer, on it. Yeah, let okay. me answer that. Then you go ahead. Tim Kaine is a, was trained like I was at Jesuit schools, okay? He went, he's younger than me, so he got the total New World Order fake Catholic thing, and he went ahead down to, the, uh, to be a missionary down in, in uh, South America with the Jesuits, and I'm sure they help poor people. I mean, you've got to give people credit to go. But he is a total socialist, communist, pro-abortion. I mean, you couldn't, there's nothing about Tim Kaine that is Catholic as Catholicism was when I was in grade school. There's nothing. I'd like to get a hold of him in a debate for five minutes and destroy him. How can he, he – it would be like me calling myself a, 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 a Hindu and, and having the beliefs of a Catholic. I mean, he, it is an insult to your, your intelligence that Tim Kaine claims that he's a Catholic. But he doesn't even know it. He thinks he is a Catholic because he's bought this post-Vatican II fake religion that has been jammed down – the throats of all the Catholics in the world that aren't that aren't alert, which is 99% of them. Uh, I'll just also say that uh, I've seen uh, – I went to Catholic schools, although I'm not Catholic, but I've literally grown up around and with Catholics my whole life. Um, yeah. A lot of people say that there is a, uh, a inordinate majority of Supreme Court justices. Uh, of course, they uh, whacked uh, Scalia and killed him. 
but he was Catholic, and I believe yep. Alito and yep. Uh, how many are there? Are there four? Are there yeah, four no, I can I can tell you that. I can tell you that, and this is absolutely what you're saying is absolutely correct. There are right now, um, um, uh, with Scalia. Let's just say when Scalia was on there, there were five Catholics, three Jewish wow. people, three wow, Jewish yeah. people, and and, and Alito. Is, uh, excuse me, uh, Santa Mayoria, the Spanish lady, is in ah. question. She claims to be a Catholic, but uh, Henry Macau, who's the great Jewish investigator and, and opponent of the New World Order, Henry Macau, he has brought up her family tree and says she is a crypto-Jew, meaning she's a Jew pretending to be a Catholic, like Rupert Murdoch is doing. So we probably have four, and, and there's nothing, again, Santa Menora, again, if somebody doesn't want to be Catholic, if somebody doesn't want to be Catholic, fine. But Santa Menora is pro-abortion. She's pro-New World Order. There's nothing about her that is, that is of Catholic belief or free body can do. So I believe she's a crypto-Jew. So I think we got four Jews and five Catholics and zero Protestants on the Supreme Court. And the Catholics right now, except for Clarence Thomas, are a disgrace, a disgrace. I think if we put them on trial, I'd be hanging for hanging on the whole Supreme Court except Clarence Thomas. And by uh, okay. the way, just so you know where, where, where Catholics who are alert are coming from, all these bishops, so-called bishops that passed around pedophile priests in the last 30 years, electric chair, hang them to pass around, to pass around pedophile priests and not warn the parents of the new parish that they molested kids at the last parish. I'm for capital punishment. And in 1570, there was a scandal broke out of, of, of homosexual priests in the Vatican. Pius V, St. Pius V was the pope then. And he, and, and he, because there's always been homosexuals who wanted to go in the priesthood because they could make a living and they weren't attracted to women. That's always that has been a problem throughout much of the church, off and on. So Pius the yeah. Fifth ar- arrested them, turned them over to the police in Rome, and said, if they're guilty, execute them. Now that is a Catholic pope speaking, not like these guys now who are excusing and letting the pedophiles go be passed around. So I just want to, I, I. I just want to make clear that not every Catholic is, is, is swallowing this baloney. And if I could ask you, uh, caller, and again, was it Robert? No. It's David. David, let me ask you this. And, and again, I, I don't know what you're going to say. You went to Catholic school. Did you ever yeah. once hear a Catholic priest or a teacher ever say, now you Catholics, you all band together. We want to take over the government. We want to take over the world. Did you ever hear that said once when you went to Catholic school by any student or any priest or any teacher? Um, I, I, I would say no. I mean, it's, it, I, I totally respect the Catholic Church. I, when I was a kid, yeah. I wanted to be a Catholic. But, um, I mean, if, if you let me talk for a couple minutes, let me just kind of tell you very quickly. Um, sure. Uh, when they went to Mass, uh, they locked me in the room. They turned the light off. The nun told me to sit in my chair and don't even move or else I would be struck by lightning. And I believed her absolutely. <laughs> it's evidently true. Okay, now that, I love this. that okay. is cr- that is crazy. Right. That is crazy. I'm, Go I'm, ahead. I'm, it's okay. It, it, and and uh, as you can see, it has not affected me. <laughs> Move past it. No, it's great. I love it. All right. So the but next that, thing. But that that is a crazy. What you just said sounds like that nun was mentally ill. But go ahead. I, you know. hey, no, it, it's all in good fun. If it wasn't for the Catholic Church, we'd all be a bunch of Islamic Muslims. You know. So hey. But let me just say this. I'm looking at a list. I mean, because the Catholic Church was all that kept 
of the Islamization of Europe a whole long time ago, and I can just, you know, too many other good things the Catholic Church has always done. That, that's true. That's but, true. But the, yeah. hit, the hit on the Jesuits overseas is that they have infiltrated CIA agents, and that's been their cover all over the world. That's undeniable. And But the next thing I want to tell you is I'm looking at a picture of the Supreme Court that somebody sent me, and they have uh, bishop hats on Scalia, Thomas, Roberts, Alito, and I assume I assume uh, uh, Kennedy. Is that yeah? True? He's ca- he's Catholic, but is it, but he he in name. But I, that's got to be a Photoshop picture. They would never well, put on it, it's, it's, a, it's a joke. They're saying, hey, we didn't lose our religious freedom when we became judges. It has five Catholics out of nine, of which Sotomayor, and and I laughed because I thought you said Soda Menorah. But anyway, Sotomayor, Sotomayor, and and, and let's see, uh, I don't obviously Bayer Ginsburg and Kagan. um, Yeah, I mean, and Sotomayor, I I think everyone realizes that basically the Supreme Court has three Jewish women from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Three out of nine. I mean, I mean, how ridiculous. But anyway, hey, I I really want to ask this. It it, it jars my memory, and now remember, uh, I am a proud multi generation ago. uh, Somebody in my family was very uh, active in John Birch many years up until the early '60s. Would someone please, if you don't mind, give me a quick synopsis of the history and what was it that kind of made uh, that kind of kept them from the mainstream in the early 60s involving uh, uh, William F. Buckley and anyone yeah. else. I appreciate any comment you can give me about uh, the John Burke Society historically Robert, Robert, in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, Robert, I can do that if you want to let me. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, let me give a quick synopsis, and, 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 and you know, if you want to call me off the air, I can go more in depth. Robert, well, when Joseph McCarthy died in 1957, was probably killed at, uh, at at Bethesda Naval Hospital. Get the book, The Assassination of Joe McCarthy by Medgar yes. Evans. Which And Medgar Evans, by the way, was a Protestant from the South, but he was a John Birch Society member. Excellent book. Ann Coulter's done a recent book on McCarthy that's excellent, too, but she doesn't get into the circumstances of his death at age 49, by the way. When he right. died, Robert Welch, who was the candy maker behind... Uh, sugar daddies. You can still go in stores like United Dairy Farm in Cincinnati and get sugar daddies, okay? It's kind of a chewy chocolate thing. Uh, he sold out his company and founded the John Birch Society in 1958, okay? And they took the tack. They, they, him, he had members, founding members that were CFR members, were Freemasons, but this was the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants who were who were horrified that communism had taken over one-third of the world. One-third of the world's population in 1957 was under communism, and that had only taken 50 years. So people were afraid communism was going to conquer the whole world. So Robert Welch came out and said what William F. Buckley, who was a CIA agent and a Catholic, never would say. And that is that this is not just people stumbling around in the dark making mistakes. This is a conspiracy. And Robert Welch was very – that's what the John Birch say, why they were ridiculed and opposed by everybody. This is an organized conspiracy, and they called the people above the communists the insiders. 
they were thinking of calling them the super comms, but they decided that sounded too much like a comic book. So they said the insiders <laughs> and they are the ones that planted mostly in the United States that we're fighting an organized shadow government that's trying to bring about a world government because they did that all over the place. In fact, I thought when I, I thought the John Burt Society, uh, when, I, when I was giving my tribute to Jack McManus, I said it was the kind of thing you heard in the early 70s when I was, went to the Nixon convention and was waking up. You'd hear, you know, the John Burt Society is outlawed in 57 states, half their leaders in jail. They hate everybody. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you heard. And it turned right. out not only is the John Burt Society not any of that, they're not racist. They're, they had many black speakers over the years. Uh, and they're not anti. They're pro-Israel. I'm not pro-Israel in the sense of, of, of never criticizing. But the John Birch Society, quite frankly, has always been pro-Israel. But the re- reason they got smeared so much and are still smeared to this day is that they were insistent that we are fighting an organized conspiracy funded from the United States and London as well as in the communist countries, and they exposed all the big wigs in the United States. Dwight Eisenhower. I'm sorry to tell you, Dwight Eisenhower in the World War II days was one of the greatest war criminals of all time. Okay. Uh, Robert Welch, Robert, what he did, huh? and, and I'm not, I didn't understand about the insiders and Buckley. Are they the same or not? You went kind of fast on that. Sorry. Uh, the insiders are the, are the bankers. Well, the insiders, they, they, the Birch side, he just calls them the insiders. Henry Kissinger, David Rockefeller, um, uh, the Dulles brothers, which were Catholic, by the way. I mean, there's tons of Catholics who have betrayed their 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 upbringing. William Casey was a Jesuit-trained Catholic who ran the CIA, who completely sold out to the New World Order and was a horrible, horrible person. So I'm not trying to cover up the amount of Catholics who have defected to go with the money and the power. But I'm just saying that, no, they called everybody. So Robert Welch wrote a book in 1960 called The Politician. I heavily recommend it. It was on the career of Dwight David Eisenhower. And it is just eye-opening that there's a whole world that exists that is backing communism and now the New World Order that the average person never hears about. And it's, it's an excellent book by Robert Welch, who was the founder of the John Birch Society. They published None Dare Caught Conspiracy, which is what woke me up. Okay, when I was an alternate delegate to the Nixon convention by a fluke when I was 19, somebody anonymously sent me that book. They said if Nixon's words and actions don't always seem to mesh, to mesh this or to be consistent, this book will explain why. And and that book did for me open my eyes, and I realized, oh my gosh, if the same people own ABC, CBS, and NBC and the New York Times, they could be hiding a lot of information from us. Okay, so I don't know if that's enough of an explanation about the John Burt Society, but, you know, they made it popular, get us out of the United Nations and all that stuff. But their main reason they were so given such a black eye is they insisted from 1958 on we are not only fighting communism over in Russia and China, we are fighting the super communists or the insiders in New York, D.C. and throughout the United States. And and part of that is the international bankers. So that's a quick summary of the John Birch Society. Okay, okay. If you don't, let, let me go uh, quick firing around. Quick question, quick answer. Okay, what did Eisenhower do that you would say he's a war criminal? Uh, Eisenhower, when two million people were fleeing from Stalin, when you know when 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 the war was over, 
uh, the United okay. States. Yeah, and I, I he, gotta, he, gotta, he 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 put him in boxcars and sent him back to Stalin. He also killed six to nine million Germans in concentration camps after World War II. The book on Operation Keelhaul is The Politician by Robert Welch. There's others. And if you don't believe what I just said about the killing of six to nine million Germans after World War II, look up James Bach, B-A-C-Q-U-E, in the book Other Losses. And he's got a few other books on the same subject. Okay. I just I, – I, just, uh, I hope to think – uh, that, uh, that 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 is uh, more dramatic than the reality that America. No, no, it isn't. I, I, I don't have time. I don't have time okay. to tell you how evil Eisenhower was. It's more dramatic okay. than I'm saying. I'm just giving you a All quick right. thing. Pass, pass on that. Okay, pass on that. So uh, McCarthy was actually right, correct? He was uh, right. McCarthy. Somebody told me he missed the real situation. Go ahead, please. No, McCarthy was a hundred percent right. He was 100% sorry. He never accused one person falsely. Ann Coulter, who you all know, has a new book on this, and it is – I'm surprised she even wrote it. I'm surprised she, they still let her on TV. But she – no, McCarthy was 100% right. He never accused one person falsely like they claim. He was a rough Irishman. He was not a drunk. He did drink like a lot of Irishmen do when he went to the bar. If he would have been caught once drunk in public, we would still be seeing the pictures in the film today of it. And McCarthy, um, quite frankly, yeah, he was right. I mean, I could go into that in greater depth, even though, believe it or not, McCarthy was recruited. The, the, the Trotskyite Jews, which is like the more, the more genteel Jewish people, recruited him to oppose the Stalinist Jews. And then he kind of went off script when he found all these communists. He said, well, who promoted these guys? That's when the media turned on McCarthy. And Dwight Eisenhower is president at that point forbid anyone in the federal government to testify before the McCarthy hearings because Dwight Eisenhower was an insider and was working for the New World Order, and he didn't want McCarthy to overthrow the whole system then. And that's why still today McCarthyism is a bad word used by even people that are right on everything else. They'll say that's McCarthyism, meaning false, false charges. McCarthyism is really – McCarthy wrote a book called McCarthyism, the fight for America, that would be the true definition of McCarthyism. Okay, it, it, tell us real quick about Trotskyites and neocons. Is there well, a real, well, uh, well, 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 real quick, David, it, real quick, because I do see where we are at the uh, quarter till uh, the top of the hour already. Uh, and you know, just let's cover that briefly and let's bring it back around since we, you know, and I'm going to bring uh, Nicole back in. <laughs> and what if, uh, you got great, Jim. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Well, this is probably one of those nights we could do a four-hour show. Uh, but and, and oh, again, right, I, right. you know, Jim already and already yeah, mentioned Jim, the, 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 uh, uh, Hold on, gentlemen. Uh, I already heard, uh, heard from Jim. It's okay for me to get you the his contact information. I can uh, get that to you on yeah. Facebook. Uh, how, yeah, how to contact uh, and Jim? You guys can talk. But I do want to bring yeah, uh, you know, Nicole back in a little bit. Dave, go ahead. I know okay. you want to have one last point. We'll we'll do that because well, let me you know, let me just the, the let me numbers. answer yeah. his yeah. Let me answer his Trotskyite thing real quick. Trotsky was the was married in with the bankers that were funding communism, like the Warburgs and the Rothschilds. They wanted him to take over Russia in 1922 when Lenin died. Stalin, who was more of a street thug as compared to uh, Trotsky, actually Trotsky fell sick. Okay, he fell so sick at the Crimea down there near Crimea, they thought he was going to die. So he, this is just providence, I think, because Trotsky would have been a real aggressive communist to take over the whole world. Stalin uh, took Lenin in, 
claimed he was helping poison him faster. There's an HBO movie about that called Stalin and Lenin, and you can see that, and it's pretty accurate. And Stalin, but the but Trotskyite people stayed around Stalin from 1922 to 1938. Stalin found out in just in time that the Trotskyites were going to try to take over. He arrested 38 Trotskyites. That was the show trial, so it was like an inner gang war. And they, and Stalin sent somebody to Mexico City, and that person pretended to be Trotsky's friend, and then killed him by putting an ice pick in the back of his head. The bloody pictures were in Time Magazine. That was 1938. Stalin stayed until 54. The Trotskyites finally triumphed over the Stalins in 1989. When you saw the fall of communism in 1989, that was the Trotskyites finally defeating the, the Stalinists. And at that point, they decided, we don't need communism anymore. We'll now call it something else, and it's the so-called collapse of communism. But the Trotskyites are still taking over the world through the control of the international banks, the Fed, the IMF, the Bank of Settlements. So Bill Crystal, pretending to be a conservative, running the Weekly Standard, uh, Charles Krasthammer uh -huh. on Fox. These are Trotskyite communists. The neocons are Trotskyite communists, and we're told we won. We're the freest people ever. Communism is dead. The, the Trotskyite communists are still working to take over the world. They're behind all these wars. They're the neocons, so-called, but they're really the Trotskyite communists. Well, and, and notice, and I'm glad you brought that up because that actually does bring us, you know, back to our, our topics tonight. As, as, as I explained <laughs> to, to, to Cindy, as I explained to Cindy in the chat, you know, that's the organic nature uh, of Bart's logic is sometimes we'll just start going off on tangents, and they'll just sometimes, or maybe even a lot of times, move off uh, topic, but it's always uh, interesting information. Uh, but, yeah, but notice the only comment I was going to make, and then if you want well, to continue, Jim, because we are going to bring this back around to uh, tonight's topic and bring Nicole back in, is that sure. if you look at the, those folks you're talking about, what, who are the people that they're, they keep getting on? As you pointed out, Bill Crystal supposed to be the conservative, if I dare say, you know, Republican, you know, publication – is against Trump and always has been. And and then you listen right. to Krauthammer, and you listen to Krauthammer, he does nothing but blast on Trump. I mean, when Trump said at the debate, you know, that, uh, you know, he made that comment, and it was an off comment, but we made that, excuse me, he put Hillary Clinton in jail, and that he, if he was president, <laughs> he would have investigated. I mean, Krauthammer, I mean, he was like, oh, my gosh, that's never heard of. He goes, that's something that you do in um, – and even it's funny he mentioned that now that you you, you pointed uh, that out with you know with where he's at is that he was like oh well that's what happens in uh, banana republics and stuff like that. Trotsky, uh, I mean, uh, Krauthammer said. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, they they put Nixon's people in jail. I think the attorney general, our assistant attorney general, about five people right around Nixon went into jail. I mean, so so that's not unheard of for the highest people at the highest levels put in jail if they've done something wrong don't talk to me about banana republics did does hillary belong in jail and the answer is yes because of her destruction of the thirty-three thousand emails after she received the congressional subpoena that's actually thirty-three thousand felonies she belongs in jail yeah absolutely um hey i just want to make one quick comment and i'll get out of the way uh, when, when you listed kind of the assortment of all the ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, New York Times, blah, 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 you know, all those, you know, basically, although they may be heavily owned and operated, you know, by Jewish, I guess, every one of those, I believe, are going down for the 
down. Mm. Their credibility has been exposed. Their ratings are way down. People are moving away from them as a news source. So that's it, kind of interesting that almost everyone he listed, uh, maybe perhaps, I'll just say it, maybe the Jewish community is like uh, maybe concerned that, hey, their old tricks are not going to continue to work if, uh, <laughs> if, if the real news and real journalism is going to start taking place online and in the new media. Right. Well, that's why they want to control well, the the, the that, internet. Well, that's absolutely yeah. what's happened. But it, what's happened also is they've also taken over social media, and that even just recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, Israel is in charge of the policy on Facebook now, and they're auto-reporting posts. I mean, we have posts on our walls. I mean, Jim and I will share screens on Skype, and he sees different things on my walls, and I see different things on his wall. They're hiding our posts. And so we see them, and, they, and, they, <laughs> and they're not really showing up to anybody. So we're thinking that the freedom movement is becoming apathetic, and, you know, we're not getting – I mean, for instance, when, when um, I built TargetFreedomUSA.com for Jim, we, we would just put out a few articles. We got tens of thousands of hits, hundreds of thousands of hits on some of our articles. And this was – how long ago did we start Target Freedom, Jim? Maybe a year and a half, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay, so like a year and a half ago. And now – I mean, you can post all day long, and you're not getting any action. And also, I went and commented on Oath Keepers' uh, YouTube today for their call to action to have Oath Keepers go and observe and report their findings or tell their local police departments. And, And I went on their YouTube, and I commented. And I commented about the three Supreme Court decisions that state we have a right to vote, and number two, we have a right to know our vote has been counted. And as mm-hmm. Jim pointed out, I mean, this is all Jim's work, that, that it's illegal at that point. If we can't see how the vote is being counted in the machine, then it's illegal, according to three Supreme Court decisions. And anyway, so I posted that on there and about election night gatekeepers. So that comment didn't show up. And then I commented another comment, and I was commenting about, you know, 9-11 and how Oath Keepers isn't addressing. They keep they're, – they're, they're playing out the narrative of the mainstream media, vilifying the Muslims, not talking about the Israelis that were behind 9-11, that did 9-11, that have us in all these wars, and how they control the media. Well, that one doesn't show up, but it shows up to me. I can see it on my YouTube. And then I had Jim go check it, and he couldn't see it. And, and now Stuart Rhodes responded, and he said he's not censoring them. So does that mean YouTube is literally censoring our stuff? It's either that or Oath Keepers has their channel on some words being blacklisted. But we have Aviv Novo, the Devo, the one I told you is the major shareholder of Time Warner, who owns CNN. <laughs> he He's meeting with the Twitter founders. He's meeting with the YouTube founders. We've got uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his people down in Israel, and they're actually changing all of the policy. And, you know, the same progressive, Debbie Lesignan, I don't know if you guys know who she is, she's been covering Syria really well, and she covered the election fraud. Um, and I think Watch the Vote was on there too, right, Jim, on, on Debbie's show? Yes, yes. Kelly Mordecai, who's a, who's a regular guest on this show, by the way, was on Debbie Lesignan's Sane Progressive, and she was a Bernie supporter. But i got to give her credit because she takes no prisoners. Wherever the truth leads, she <laughs> seems to go there. 
I love that about her. And we've been watching her, you know, wake up to what is really going on. But she she mm-hmm. even knows that these venues are no longer uh, viable. And she said, what the hell does Israel have to do? How can they say what we we as Americans can say on our own social media? Why is Israel controlling that? That's insanity. So, I mean, I hate to, you know, pound on Israel, but it's ridiculous. And and the, my comments, my point was, is that they weren't showing up on Oath Keepers YouTube. So that means it's either blacklisted keywords that were used in my, you know what I mean, in my comments, or YouTube is literally... <laughs> Making my comments not people. appear to anybody else but myself. Yes. Now you're you're being shadow posted and you see it and you think it's out there but nobody else can see it. So yeah. Exactly. And then I'm they're, thinking, they're Wow, I'm losing my touch. I used to say one blurb and I'd have hundreds of likes shares and and now nobody even sees my stuff. Yeah, they, they they have people that that watch you and they can like highlight it. And when they highlight it, it goes in shadow post mode. The other thing I was gonna say is I definitely I posted an article. I love the story about the guy, the young kid who was the uh, chief executive officer of the Clinton Foundation, banging on the door of the Russian embassy, saying, "Please let me in." Okay, so I post I posted that and I made a wow. comment about. And I, and I made a comment about, hey, uh, you know, since he's so good at reporting about the Clintons, maybe he can take Comey's job. I put that on Facebook an hour ago, and ten minutes later, it disappeared. Wow. I know, I know what's on there. Something oh my God! My face. I'm <laughs> well, they oh, uh, they probably God. by now. The, the the owners of Facebook are even worse. They've probably hired hundreds of people who are paid to go yeah. around and, and, and anti, you might say, troll the sites. And, you know, it's yeah. come out publicly mm-hmm. that Hillary Clinton has spent $6 million paying trolls to go in and say nice things about her on the Internet because there isn't a spontaneous group of people who will take the time to say nice things about <laughs> yeah. her, even if they support her. Oh, well, 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 right, well right. look at Google. Yeah. I mean, well, Google is kind of the same way. I remember when, you know, the, the hoopla was coming up, you know, about – Hillary Clinton's health, but I still think that she's having problems. But, but you yeah. know, I was trying to look up, you know, things on her health, and, you know, you couldn't find it. It was buried. Every time right. you try to look up something on her health, and it only had to do with her, you know, Hillary Clinton's health care plan and what Hillary Clinton thinks about, you know, health care and this and that. I mean, yeah. it's like. Yeah. I know they scrub you, it I mean, or they bury it. it. It's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what we're The more gonna something post. searched, the more. You know, the more something is searched, the, the higher up it gets on Google. And so you, well, you can have you talking, just, yeah. yeah, you Go can ahead, have Robert. people. Yeah, I mean, you can have people just keep doing searches, you know, manually doing searches, and that will bring you know that search higher up on Google. Go ahead, Jim. No, that's no, a good just, point. They're even talking about the warping of Google on Fox. That's even been talked about on Fox, and how much of a Google's betraying their what you know people depend on them a lot for information, so they're kind of ruining their own reputation when it's getting out there that they're blocking certain searches and boosting others. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they, I mean, the, the, they have they have the I call them the left, but uh, is infiltrated you just absolutely everything. And I mean, and as I said, you know, part of tonight, and I want to get uh, your take on it 
first to call and then yours, Jim, is that and don't let the uh, the call drop now because we are in what's called Bard's Logic, uh, the extended period, uh, which means that if your call drops, you will not be able to get called back in. So if you're low on battery, uh, make sure you plug it in uh, and don't get uh, – knocked off the call because you won't be able to the show's still going to go on for another hour uh, but you won't be able to listen oh, so wow, I'm gonna get chat, knocked you like... <laughs> what did you say well, you get knocked, Nikki. And you got knocked off the line not knocked little... off as like oh. shut <laughs> so, uh, pl- yeah, pl- pl- plug it. Yeah, plug in the cell phones and for those of you no, on I'm chat on a, you I'm like to listen it. and I can't charge it while I'm on it well, does she have time oh, to no. dial in okay, on well, that's what Hold on, I got 45, I got 45 seconds to do this, so I have to do it. Okay, so the, for those of you who are in chat who are not called in, give us a call at 347-945-7428, or you will miss uh, the audio in the extended period of the show. Uh, so give us a call at that number. Uh, you can either just listen or push the one to get into the show. But you won't be able to hear it live, but you will be able to get the archive, uh, which you can find live on iTunes, not live, free on iTunes, where you can download it to your mobile devices. Again, 347-945-7428. Get called in, and we'll uh, get you to the show. I do see uh, uh, another caller, uh, so we're going to get you in as well. That's area code uh, 928. I'll I'll get some call screening in, and uh, we'll get you into the show. We've got about another hour. Uh, for the show, not as much time, but, you know, for talking because we do have to do uh, closeouts. You know how that is, Jim. Uh, towards the end of the show, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get everybody in now. What else? Um, I want to bring to you first, uh, Nicole, and then you, Jim, and then we'll bring our roundtable uh, after you. I'll bring in our new caller and then bring it back uh, to the people we have on the line. Okay, is that? And then uh, I see uh, Kelly. As well in the call, so Kelly, when you're ready to come in, just push the one on your number dial. We'll get you into the show. And so, what I'm hey, seeing, and I want to see, and, and, and he'll be he'll be in there. He'll probably tell his Bard's Logic After Dark uh, joke uh, that he does. And so uh, he's probably preparing that as we speak. Uh, but anyway, so at least it appears to me that once it starts getting out, and if you notice this, uh, Nicole and Jim, then you know anyone else who uh, want to make comment on it. Here's what I noticed is they, they finally start talking. I mean, and I'm not talking about Trump. Trump's been talking about rigged elections for a while, but it's not something that the media has really latched on to. And, and, and even, even the Hillary Clinton campaign really hasn't until recently. And I think that may be part of their setup too, because they know what's happening. But now, you know, within weeks, and it's real, and, and, and it's really starting to, you know, it's it's really starting to come to the fore where even the, the media outlets are talking about, you know, this voter fraud. This, you know, I don't know if they're talking as much about electronic, but I did see on Fox the other day uh, that they were talking about those electronic machines where you push the button. And we mentioned this earlier in the show. And when you, you know, the touch screen, you push the screen and somebody else's name pops up that they were voted for. Okay, so Fox News yeah. will talk about it. So now it's it's, it's becoming more into the public eye, because first it was just us folks who really pay attention who were talking about voter fraud. Now it's out there. Okay, now, now it's finally gotten put out there to people other than those who are listening to Trump. Okay, but now, right. now that it's out there, you have Hillary Clinton and you have the media trying to point the finger instead of, 
you know, at themselves and what they're doing, you know, with what we're talking about with the voting machines and things of that nature, they're, you know, trying to point the finger at, oh, look at Russia hacking or, you know, the DNC and trying to, they're trying to manipulate our election. And I heard Hillary Clinton saying, and Donald Trump is now attacking democracy, and she called him a puppet of of Russia trying to manipulate our election, try to get the American people to think that somehow, you know, Russia and Donald Trump are in cahoots, you know, to, to take over or do something with the United States or, or what have you. So I think yeah. they're pivoting. Am, am, I the only, am, I, am I wrong in that, Nicole? Do you see that no. as well, or do you see something else? Oh, gosh, honey, I, I honestly don't know. Well, no, Robert, I watch the, you know, I as part of my, uh, you know, enemy research, I watch what the five TV networks do every day, and I usually have the sound down, but I glance over, and thankfully they put up what they're talking about. But, no, you're 100% correct. The Democratic Party has made a strategy that they're going to assert on every show that this comes up that Trump is working with the Russians or sympathizing with the Russians to take over the United States elections. And Tucker Carlson and a few other people have been very good. And Megyn Kelly even tonight said there's no evidence of that. And the Democrats just keep talking over and acted like Megyn Kelly was being rude to say that. But there's no evidence of that. And it was not a Russian that was shot in the back at four in the morning. Uh, it was Seth Green who was working, who, to give credit where credit is due, was a Jewish yeah. guy because we're knocking in the Jewish field. But he got killed probably because he was the leak to WikiLeaks, many people think, because Seth Green put out a 20, I mean, Julian Assange put out a $20,000 reward of anybody that could find any uh, evidence of who killed Seth Green. So Seth Green was the one shot in the back on a D.C. street at 2 in the morning or 4 in the morning after he was walking home from being at a bar or something. And there is zero, and it could be, maybe the Russians, maybe the Chinese, who knows, but and there's zero Ray, evidence. And he had a meeting with the FBI at 4 o'clock in the morning, and the other guy with the FBI whacked. Okay, okay, so that would fill in a piece there. But there's just no, if we're going to talk about evidence, there's no hard evidence that Russia is trying to hack in the United States election, but Hillary Clinton said that, and of course, so they're admitting right out front that you could have an election machine hacked. Of course, we're worried about about the vendors. We're not worried as much about voter fraud. We're worried about election vendor fraud, those who control the machines and, and already control the the software. And as Debbie LeSignon on the same progressive says, and she was a Bernie supporter originally, she says, look, they're counting the, 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 the elections on software that they own. That's a key point. These big billionaire companies, these three companies, own the software. We don't have to worry about some kid from Hackensack, New Jersey, in his mother's basement. We have to worry about the people who own the vendors, uh, the vendors who own the, the software, who are tied in with the richest people in the world. That's where the, the danger is. But you're absolutely right. They're trying to make this the Russians, but then when they say, well, Trump is undermining democracy by questioning the election result, well, aren't they undermining democracy when they say the Russians are hacking? But in, in reality, nobody is hacking, is undermining democracy to have a skepticism about the elections. The founding fathers said we should have a healthy skepticism about government. As Roger Stone, the best-selling author of Clinton's War on Women, uh, uh, New York Times bestseller, uh, he said that if if Somebody said, isn't Trump undermining democracy to question that the election results could be wrong? And Stone said on C-SPAN, no, it's undermining democracy to not question whether the election results are going to be right. And, and he's exactly right. So, no, Robert, I've seen it. 
hour after hour, they're trying to uh, throw dust in people's eyes with this non-proven assertion that the Russians want to hack into our elections. And that's where the, you know, and hopefully there's not enough uh, American people, which unfortunately I think there may be, uh, that's going to believe, you know, believe this, but they're shoveling down their throats. Now I'm going to do something that I rarely do. And we've got two, we're going to get you in, uh, Kelly, I see you push the one on your number dial. But we also got a some someone who pushed the one on the number dial, and that's area another area code nine two eight. Who I tried to do some call screening to see to get a name. Perhaps they didn't hear me, or the audio wasn't working, or maybe they had themselves on mute. Uh, so I normally don't pick, uh, bring people in on the show before uh, finding out who it is. But you know what? Just for uh, for to pique my or not to satisfy my my curiosity, I'm gonna see if I can get him in anyway. So. Uh, area code 928 uh, Try to get your name here But maybe as I'm opening up your mic uh, We can find out who we're talking to This is Robert Thanks for coming to the show Hi Robert okay. It's Nikki Nikki dialed back in on her cell phone In case her other phone dies Oh great Okay No wonder I heard myself Okay Well then let me go ahead And turn that off Yeah Sound like I heard myself In the background I'm like Oh you gotta turn your, your computer off Or whatever Okay well we got Nikki On the line twice uh, so no, that was a smart idea, Nikki. Uh, a, a, a well, really good idea. Well, thanks for the idea. warning. And 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 Robert, you know, uh, watch the vote, which Kelly has been admirably taking over the calls because I I took a break tonight because I but I'm still working on doing what I need to do for this get get ads on the air here in Cincinnati be about the vote fraud before the election uh, comes up, but. Kelly can tell you that this year, while 2012 was 99.9% Ron Paul people worried about the vote fraud, this year of 2016, 99.9% of the people we watched the vote has been working with were Bernie Sanders people. And there's millions of Bernie Sanders people who were on to the election fraud, including the dangers of computer election fraud. And speaking of Kelly, let's go ahead and get our friend in. Here, thank you very much from California. Thank you very much, uh, Kelly, for coming to the show. It's good to hear from you. How are you tonight? Hey, doing good. Hey, Nikki Nelson. Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi, Kelly. Nikki was uh, really amazing in twelve, and every now and then she does some a number of things amazing, actually. So anyway, um, yeah. So um, let's see. Oh, Nikki has two phones calling in. I guess she works for the. Uh, Department of Redundancy Department. Um, <laughs> I, I actually told a judge that on uh, Monday when I was in court to get an extension on a broken window. And I said, yeah, the same officer, uh, well, it's a good guy. He ticketed me twice. I guess he works for the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> I, went, I, went, I went pause just like that, and the judge kind of just barely started to smile like, Okay, yeah, you, you, I should have said you can laugh at that if you want. Anyway, but I uh, see Russia, Russia, yeah, they're hacking. Oh, oh my gosh, the Democrats, we got to stop Russia. In fact, we just go to war with them and wipe them out. Yeah, World War Three because they hacked into our election systems and gave Hillary Clinton California over Bernie Sanders. What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Well, you can't make this up. If there was no tampering and other tricks. Bernie Sanders right now would be the uh, presidential nominee of the Democratic Party. 
And he would not be hated as bad as, well, Trump, Hillary, Hillary, Trump or Hillary. So you have, of course, the less hated person would win the election. It's kind of strange. But um, I talked to a high-powered security expert named John. I won't go any further with the name or where he's at. But he does work for um, Oracle, and he um, hardens uh, computer systems. Hardens meaning prevents people from breaking in, hacking in any way possible. Um, and he's kind of like the last guy they call when nobody else can figure it out. And uh, he has a statement about the Russian attack in our system. It's pretty much impossible for the Russians to do that. So, you know, a nice little diversion. Uh, you know, it's going to be rigged. It's saying it's going to be rigged against me. It obviously subtly implies Hillary's cheating. And then Hillary says, well, it was the Russians, yes. And we have definitive evidence. <laughs> Sorry, there's private sector folk that work for the government hardening uh, computer security systems, even the Air Force and other high-level government. No, they can't. The Russians can't do that to us. So, I mean, it's kind of like our system. We invented it kind of a thing that they just can't really do it. Um, a hot one today I saw. It's about nine minutes. It's Bev Harris. Fraction Magic. There's a gentleman um, in Tennessee who observed that the vote comes out um, like 16,034, 0.33. 0.33 votes? What? 0.33? How do you get 0.33 votes? You know, what do you chop a person in a third and let that one third of him vote? Don't make no sense. So he, covering some things, Got a hold of Bev Harris. Bev Harris did Hacking Democracy, an HBO uh, video that was award-winning, and you can't find that on, on uh, YouTube anymore. Well, you can, but it disappears. So she did this, and she did an interview with this gentleman. Um, he's a computer analyst. And he, um, the GEMS software, George Soros, General Election Management Systems, and from GEMS came Dominion, ES and ES and other stuff. All right. So, Gem Software has like thousands of different little um, icons for their software they use. This gentleman goes in and finds this secret, um, been hidden, you know, needle in a haystack. Here's a little software thing. Brings it up, and he can flip elections. He actually shows how it's done. He does it in live time, right in front of the camera. It only takes him a few minutes, and he can go to about any election in any county, in any state, and there are literally um, about a thousand subcontractors and contractors that have access to the GEMS software. Bev Harris has enormous integrity, and she does her homework, crosses her T's, dots her I's, and for her to reveal that is, is pretty frightening. It's about an eight, nine-minute video. Um, you can see it on the Watch the Vote Facebook page. Watch about 2016 Facebook page. It's called Fraction Magic. And basically, I mean, the way they set this up, um, you might as well have a single push button um, that a vote was cast. So the left, right, the forward, upside down, everybody hits a single button. Cause it doesn't really matter because the software is going to determine, take the number of votes and divide it by a certain percentage. I mean, there's no two buttons. There's just one. It's really, that's the whole point of voting uh, based on this kind of 
fraudulent things, we've also found out recently that in California, the Dominion software has not been looked at and scrutinized uh, for the source code, I mean the computer programming codes. Now, in 2007, Deborah Bowen, the Secretary of State, she got in and she did an incredible scrutiny of the software code. That has not been repeated since. And it takes about a year to do this. So we're we're lining up to go um, send a complaint to all 58 counties, uh, to the grand juries of all 58 counties in California. And we keep getting new amazing stuff and new amazing stuff like the Atlantic Council on uh, C-SPAN discussed that, yeah, there are vulnerabilities here. There are problems. Um, and, and so we're we're going to put it, we've got a witness list we're, we're still developing. Uh, grand jury can just call this witness, that witness, the security expert. Um, and we'll see what happens because those who are cheating, I uh, just love it if they get caught. You know, Robert, I've been thinking about going investing stock in the Fruit of the Loom. Yeah, the underwear. Fruit of the Loom? Be- yeah, because, yeah, underwear. Uh, because if these corrupt people are exposed, they're going to need a fresh change of underwear. <laughs> well, I tell you so, what. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, so yeah. I mean, if, if Trump does, uh, you know, you know, pull this off, as, as you pointed out, uh, you know, Jim, where they're just going to say, "Nah, there's just no way that they could," you know, you know, fool enough people or were, were wise, you know, onto what they're doing, and so they'll have to back up. And, and I think that's. What would happen? I mean, at least I would hope. I mean, there is a part of me, to be honest, that's thinking that this ain't going to sound like I have much faith in the American electorate, uh, American voters, you know, people, whatever. But I, I just hope they can't be duped. I mean, it just I'm just surprised by so many people who are, you know, intelligent people who are, are still voting for Hillary Clinton. It just, it's, it, it, it just baffles me, to be honest. Yeah, it well, is a question mark of, of how much how when the media does a a full court press against somebody like they're doing against Trump, it is a question mark of how many people are actually influenced out here when week after week of him being bashed. Um, even though he has stuff he should be bashed for, but so does Hillary much more, and they kind of give her a pass on everything. By the way, I was muted until you mentioned my name, but Kelly, I was laughing at all the appropriate points of your jokes. I just wanted to tell you that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I try to sneak him in, you know. Well, my prediction is that if it's an honest election, Trump will win. If it's an honest election. And we already are hearing reports from some eyes because we have so many connections. Um, uh, Michelle uh, is one of our – Michelle Vince, a wonderful woman. Um, you talk to somebody in L.A., and they have early voting, and people are not being – shown on their uh, voter registration and that leads to a major point I want to tell people on, um, you want to check your registration online the day before the election, the day of the election and seven days thereafter, let me tell you why in our declaration drive we had a, uh, a few comments where I heard about this registration flip problem I checked on the primary day and everything was fine, the next day I checked I was no longer registered, several days later I was still no longer registered then all of a sudden, magically, I was re-registered. He had never done anything to change his registration. So when you have a software like Dominion counts the vote, 
and probably checks in with ESNS, the voter registration database. And so if, if one software says, oh, you can't count that because he's not vote, he's not registered, then guess what? It won't be counted. It just happens to be state law that if you count an unregistered uh, voter's ballot, then that's called a crime. So <clears throat> this guy found this out and realized what happened. Not only did he lose his vote for Bernie Sanders, he lost his vote for his local issues, his state assemblyman, uh, congressman, everything. Everything. When you pull turn off the registration switch. So people have got to, you know, get this out to your friends, your neighbors, you know, use, use teleconnect, telephone, telegraph if you have to. Check your registration the day before the election, the day of the election, and for seven days after because, and, and watch the vote. We're going to hopefully have a declaration online where you can report your experience. I mean, we're already getting calls for, do you have a declaration form? We're going to be working with, Looks it looks like election justice and and get the word out to register what happened to you. Explain your story. Um, I mean, this this has gotten this has gotten ridiculous. It could be the fall of our republic unless we get these machines straightened out. And uh, okay. at this point, I'll just, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna open up the floor if anyone wanted to uh, make comment on that. But right, Jim, it so, sounds like you want to chime in. Go ahead. This is David. I just want to say real quick. So what? Oh, oh no, David, no, sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't add anything to that. So let let some of the roundtable come in. Well, let's go ahead. And, uh, since David, you uh, open up your mic. Uh, go ahead. As I'm typing a message here on Facebook. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, obviously, in states like Ohio and and. Pennsylvania, they're going to go work Cleveland and Philadelphia and, you know, same old games as they always play. What can we do? Can there be observers yes. in the process to try to uh, spotlight in Miami? And because, uh, you know, if they swing one of those three states illegally, that could be that could be the game. In my opinion, well, I, all I we think, can do is – Go ahead, Jim. Yeah. No, we got to make it known to the local stations, the national stations, by emails, by calls. We know they're covering up for the three vendors. We're not going to believe the results if Hillary wins. That's what they need to hear. Uh, I don't know. You know, we won't know for sure who won because it's all a secret count. It's all an illegal count in 99% of the county. So, so I just think if Trump's the guy we're trying to get to say computer fraud. Now, with Hannity mm-hmm. and Gingrich mentioning it tonight, that's a big step forward because now Hannity can bring that up when Trump's on the show, and maybe Trump will start repeating it. But Trump's the only guy that can make it a, a, a big national issue, and then they may be – if they realize they're on the verge of getting discovered – They'll let Trump win, and then the angry people will say, okay, well, I guess the system's fair. If Trump loses, you're already going to have a large amount of people just thinking it was somehow rigged. And so I'd say contact your – and tell others to contact the local stations and national stations by email and by phone call and even by letter and tell them we don't believe this. We're not going to believe the computer results if Hillary's announced the winner. Now, I know that's a little bit of an overstep of what we know. But you got to make it real clear and simple that we're on to the fact that these are secret counts and we can't know for sure what the results are. That's that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. The only thing we can do at this point. Uh, of course, you can okay. also do the, the the other stuff like being making sure people don't vote twice and doing all the stuff Kelly 
is advocating on making sure they don't take you off the rolls. Of course, that should be done as much as possible. I'm just saying as far as the ultimate drop they have on us, we got to make it known that if they say Hillary, we're not going to believe the results, and that may cause them to back off, especially if Trump says it. <clears throat> Okay, well, here's well, another thing. Can another thing you can do, David. What's going on in Texas? Oh, well, one person at a time. One at a time. David, let me answer another question, or uh, hopefully satisfy you with something to do. Um, StopTheSteal.org. That's uh, Roger Root's uh, website. They're doing exit polls. That's something you can do, boots on the ground kind of a thing. Um, but the other thing. Yeah, that's that, what I was thinking about someone. Yeah, that's the other. Yeah, just just stop the steal, sign up, find the coordinator, uh, get a precinct. You want the large precincts, not the small ones, because election fraud is committed in large precincts. Why? Well, there's low risk and high reward. They don't do much election fraud in small precincts. Why? Because everybody knows everybody. It's high risk, low reward. So um, you can sign up for exit polls there. We have on the Watch the Vote page what you can do if you have enough evidence from a uh, exit poll, go to a grand jury uh, within your uh, county, county and state. Well, county grand jury, basically. you got to have enough evidence. And there's steps there in other states. It's a little more tricky uh, to go to other states besides California, but it can be done once you have exit poll data and you check with the uh, uh, results, the preliminary results of the county. Another thing that can be done, this is really powerful, a public records request for what? Um, in many counties, they have a scanner. It's an off-the-shelf scanner. Canon, Xerox, um, Nikon, whatever, what, what have you, brand of, of scanner they can buy from. Well, they have to order it. They're, they're high-power scanners, uh, 16, 20, 25,000, and they'll scan like a 1,000 ballots an hour. This creates a raw image, the actual Xerox, Xerox, photo image. Now, those images are taken from a removable drive and put into another computer where the Dominion software is or Heart Civic or et cetera, et cetera. Then the, uh, the, the second computer basically looks, you know, looks at each digital image and then looks for the oval, you know, Bob, 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 Joe, Joe, Bob, Joe. It, it counts it electronically. Now, if they're going to cheat, they're going to do it there. Now, the Canon scanners like we have in Siskiyou County, um, I'm trying to get the raw images and do a recount. And again, you want the large precincts. Start in your largest precincts. So you, a records request, most states have them. A records request, get the raw images, get some friends, and basically put it up on a big screen TV, and you can actually do a recount of a precinct. Um, this is a fatal flaw that the, the powers that be have... Um, not considered. It's a fatal flaw that these raw images are available. And John Brakey won a court case in Arizona recently where a judge issued a temporary restraining order so they do not delete the raw images. And the judge has also determined that this is a public record that the people should have. That's just Arizona, but it's quite suggestive in other, other jurisdictions. So that's one of the most powerful tools. Um, but, but I would encourage people to watch that video, Fraction Magic, again on Facebook, Watch the Vote 2016, and you can see how somebody's actually 
uh, assigning a percentage to a candidate. They do a live demonstration. It is mind-blowing. So those are some tools, and I hope you had paper and pencil. Um, you know, take your registration, do exit polls, get the raw images um, from scanners. I, I yield. And, and how would someone get those raw images again? You do a records request in California. It's called a California records, records request. request. Yeah, okay. that's how I got the that's how I got the Dominion software contract. And in the contract, not only is it uh, proprietary software, but it's leased. Go back to the computer expert or the security expert. So when they sell uh, software to um, government and military, um, you never lease it. It's sold. It's their product. That's it. You want upgrades, whatever, fix something, then they come in and they and they program. But the government or the military owns the software. None of this leasing crap, and that's what's in the contract for the Dominion that counts your votes in Siska County. And by the way, it's like five or seven bucks for every vote counted. That's how much it costs. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, for five bucks a, a, a vote. And you just get a bunch of people, and you make sure that that and you make sure that count was the you know was the same that uh, I guess the electronic voting came up with, or how do you compare right. the yeah. the votes? Right. What you want to do is you want to, if, if you get once you grab the images, then um, basically grab about four friends and sit in front of the TV screen. Okay. Two people look and they agree. The third person writes it down. You know, a little tick mark with each candidate. And the fourth person just oversees everything, just standing over everybody's shoulder. And you can do a recount because it's digital images. It's like. Um, you should, should be able to do about 10 a minute. And if you count mm-hmm. randomly, randomly 10%, you know, 1,000 votes in a precinct, you count 100, you're going to have about a 90, 90 to 95% confidence level statistically, okay. plus or minus a few percent. So if, if say, it's a, a 45, 55, but it was flipped to a 40, 60, you'll catch it by just counting 10% of the large precinct. And how many people would you consider a large precinct? Um, how many people in the precinct? I'd say, it depends on the state, but I'd say 1,000. In L.A., they have, I don't know how many hundreds of precincts, but they're up to, you know, like 1,000, maybe at the most 1,500. So, again, 10% is 150. Um so this isn't hard to do, folks. It's just, yeah, a person has to overcome the emotional shock that there are wicked people doing this crap. I mean, maybe this explains why Congress has, what, a 15% approval rating for four years, and they still keep getting in? Yeah. Yeah, I yield. So I just think Dave had a question about Texas. And, yeah, so let's go ahead, and we're, we're at the bottom of the, of the last hour, if you could believe that. It's kind of hard to believe. Uh, and we hopefully we'll be able to get that. We probably will uh, about Texas. And, and I, I believe that was uh, the example they had on, on Fox News was, was in Texas. But I, we have a, a new caller in here, but we have John on the line. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John, and then uh, David will hopefully be able to address your question. We probably you know, should be able to. I think we have at least uh, enough time for that. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring in John. Uh, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. I had a real quick question with Kelly. 
from what he was just talking about. You uh, get this request for all the images, and you want to be meticulously detailed, and you count all the votes and everything. Is there another request, like a summary report from your county commission, I mean your county election board, to validate that that precinct that you counted is exactly what's reported? Because most of the time in the media or in the newspaper and stuff, they just tell you the total votes of the whole area. They don't really say each precinct. Well, yeah, actually, there are detailed reports from every county. Um, you know, city precinct number, boom, there you go. You can look at the results. Um, they, so the detail. they do detail it. The county does. So the county summary breaks down each precinct and all their different votes? Yes. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. So, and by the way, the Department of Homeland Security is assisting in the election concerns, and so is some UN agency over in Europe just kind of trying to help us out, which means they have to penetrate, go across the ocean, um, reach through our national sovereignty or state sovereignty, and into the counties. I mean, I guess somebody thinks that our counties can't do it right. Well, they can't with this cheating software. <laughs> I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Um so yeah, it's there's stuff we can do, folks. And certainly. Yeah, certainly just gotta go out there and actually take the time and the effort uh to do that. And so one yeah. thing I uh, haven't it, well programming you know, one thing I have not uh done yet to the show and usually way before now. I would have had us hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. So let's go ahead and take a few moments uh, so that we can hear from them. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And if you're a Twitter user, uh, you can find it using the PJNet hashtag. Uh, so check out the Patriot Journalist Network. And it looks like, unfortunately, as sometimes this happens uh, on the show during this time, is we unfortunately lost Nicole's call. Uh, so something dropped on her cell phone. So unfortunately, uh, we won't be able to hear any more from her tonight. Uh, but, Jim, if you can uh, thank her for me. Uh, for coming on and spending as much time as she did with us tonight. And, of course, she's, you know, welcome to come back onto the show. But, yeah, this sure. time, unfortunately, we, we lost her call. But we really appreciate uh, her, her coming on and spending that time with us. And so, right. and, you know, we got about we got about 20 minutes uh, before I have to uh, – well, even less than that – probably about 15 minutes before we got to start doing our closing comments and, you know – you know, closing out the show. So what I like to do, uh, Jim, and I know you always give uh, lots of information, but if we we could do, uh, you know, a summary uh, of, you know, the main points, what you want to uh, bring home 
you know, to our audience, whether they're here live or you know, listening to us on the podcast, uh, that you can download for free on iTunes. And yes, that was a shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> but check that out on your iTunes. Uh, just search for Bard's Logic Political Talk, and you can download every one of our episodes uh, for free uh, there onto your mobile device. But yeah, so if there's any, you know, uh, last points for, you know, that you want to make sure, as I said, hit home uh, for folks about. In, you know, the voter fraud this upcoming election, what we should be looking out for, you know, things of that nature, Jim. Well, uh, Kelly, could I call on you to, maybe you've already said it, but could you comment on how you found that part of the contract in Siskiyou County was confidential from the public? Have you mentioned that yet tonight? No, Kelly, we, I don't know if we... uh, you mentioned it. Sorry, I was on mute there. Um, well, basically, I did a records request. And then I met with the county clerk. And she's like, yeah, I can do that. So they made the contract available to me. However, ESNS, which is a voter registration database, that was a proprietary contract. Couldn't get that contract. And in talking mm-hmm. to Beth Harris, you know, she's one of the top people in this whole movement. When I talked to her, she said, well, yeah, what probably you'll find in the contract is that ESNS has the right to... Uh, log into the uh, software the day of the election just, just to help, you know, help maintain. And they keep selling the stuff in, in the nice nice flowery words and trust is built with wine and cheese parties. Um, so that's what I did. And we're going to have um, somebody put together a, a good form, if you will, pretty much nationwide to do a records request. And I was looking at it today, and it's very powerful. So people can get that records request as well, and, and it covers getting the digital images. Um, so we'll have to get that up on the website as well as on Facebook that you can download. Um, here's the form, fill it out, um, send it all in, and it explains in more details how to get the digital images as well as to understand what type of equipment they have. And there's one little trap that's set in the records request. Um, we have a list of all the um, scanners, et cetera, what software is being used in every county uh, throughout the country. It's not we watch the vote. Somebody's put it together. It's, I think it's called Verify Vote, um, a website. I believe that's the name. Well, anyway, on the records request, we're asking, what is the type of equipment you use, uh, model number, name? And if the county is going to lie, we're going to catch them. If they're saying we're using uh, Acme and they're really using a Xerox, well, we're going to catch them on that. So it, the, the form is really good and self-explanatory. Uh, so we'll have to get that link up on the website at watchthevoteusa.com. So what, in, in general, no, watchthevoteusa.com. Yeah, you can go there and learn about the grand jury, which you can do there as well. But what we're doing here is, um, from the primary till now, we've had to figure out who, what, how, and why. It's a very complicated system. We have had to, you know, figure it out ourselves, and there's a number of things that slipped by me for many weeks. Um, but we are summarizing and put, putting forth tools. If you want to get active, boom, here's a tool. Here's another tool. Here's another tool. Uh, we go into hours explaining all why we're using these tools, but there they are. So a lot of people can get um, 
get busy and make stuff happen. Well, then, how come you didn't mention Tim Kaine? I mean, if you're talking about tools, maybe you should include him in that. Tim Kaine? Little joke there, Kelly. Yeah, a oh, tool. Okay. He's a tool. Never mind. Sorry. Bad, uh, bad humor, okay. I guess, at uh, 1238 a.m. <laughs> so... So all these things, like all these records requests, and these are really valuable because it, it, the obviously people running the systems, these questions complicate their mission, even if they're learning some things they don't want to know from these information requests. So all that's very valuable. Anything anybody's got energy to do, to sum up Robert and give everyone else a chance, the you know, go. We would. I would recommend people go to electionnightgatekeepers.com and look at the main problem, which is the vendors who have been hired by 3,000 of our counties. They own the software. They're counting the votes in secret, which makes it illegal elections by three Supreme Court decisions. That's the main problem. But all these other things, like the grand jury, the tools to solve this, or the grand jury is the fastest way if you can get a grand jury to act. Secondly, lawsuits, and thirdly, and maybe secondly, should be the precinct system, which people can find out about at networkamerica.org. That's networkamerica.org, and that's in putting people in precincts in the two major parties to try to throw out the current leadership so the new leadership can install verifiable voting systems that we can uh, that we can uh, make sure are counted properly according to transparency. Yeah, one of the things uh, I think that may help that I'm, I'm going to watch an image report, I believe I recall, um, recorded, and this is going on, uh, there was, I think it was going in Illinois, someplace in Illinois, where they're talking about doing preferential voting, where you, you vote, you know, all this is my first choice, my second choice, and third choice. Uh, I feel like that's more, you know, democratic than, than how we do now. Uh, but they're they're talking about actually putting that at the ballot initiative uh, somewhere. Uh, as I said, I believe in Illinois. I have to look at that report again. I mean, but I think that it would be one of the ways that I think could help too, because that's not something. At least at this point, I guess you could create a program that can count that, count that, and tabulate it, right? But I think you know you would have to do it physically you know, in order to be able to count those votes. And, and yeah, that'll take a long time, but, I mean, isn't a vote one of the most important things uh, that, you know, you can have in a country is the vote? And if it takes more time, I mean, think about it. I, I think part of that, I think what, what makes us more susceptible uh, to this type, to this type of fraud is we want to know now. We want it now. We want everything now. We're just, you know, like, a, you know, every problem is resolved on TV within an hour, Right. But right. so we we want our elections. We we want to be able to okay. The polls closed in Ohio at seven thirty by eight o'clock. We want to know who won. And people people want that. They don't want to wait. Oh my gosh, he's going to be our president. We've had such a long election, and now we want to find out and let's be done with it and move on. And I think that's to our own detriment. I mean, this is one of the most important things. It's not the impo- important thing for us as citizens to do, and we want to rush it. Take, you know, take the time. I really think we should go back to hand counting the votes. It, it, it could take weeks, you know, yeah. to do that. But, but you know what? But actually, I think it's worth it. Yeah, it wouldn't be if if you had enough people and they were paid, it would not take weeks. Especially if a few other they. I mean, in Canada, they still do it by eleven o'clock at night, even though they got one sixth of the people we do. But we would just have to have six times the people working the polls because there'd be six times as many polls. But 
Um, I, I wanted to say that the um, uh, they used to count the votes the way you're talking about. I can't remember what they called it now, where you voted for your first, second, and third choice in Cincinnati City Council elect- elections. And they did that before the computers came in. But, yeah, that was done in the 50s, I think. Uh, and I can't remember what they called it then. It wasn't preferential voting. Ranked That's a pretty choice. good name. What? Ranked choice. Ranked choice might be that wasn't used in Cincinnati, but that's another a descriptive name of it. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that has been used in the past in various places. Well, they used it in San Francisco County at the primary this year where um, there's a list of, I don't know, <clears throat> 12 um, candidates, and you get to vote for three. I see. And it's for the Democratic Party Central Committee. Of course, the Central Committee is, is the in-house uh, agents and in, in, in-house people for the Democratic Party. And so you you got to vote for three, you know, a list of nine or 12, whatever it was. Of course, the top three won, and then they, you know, that's the Democratic Central Committee. There you go. So yeah. they are doing that preferential voting uh, in, in different forms. Um, how can we do that for the general election? I met, I met a guy. Libertarian National Convention in 12, he was already on this explaining it all. And he said you could vote for uh, zero, one, or all of them. doesn't matter. Um, and so that was that. See, the duopoly does not want that. The duopoly mm-hmm. does not want the NPP uh, voters in California to have all the presidential candidates on the ballots. Um, because Everybody's going to be bailing in California from the R's and the D's and go MPP person, not the party. But they've, you know, on the MPP general election, yeah, there's all your presidential candidates. But not in the primary, can't do that. Uh, you got to have a special secret password to get the proper ballot for what party you want. Um, but it would break the duopoly to have all the candidates listed or a preferential voting system. I mean, there's so many things that need to change, it's ridiculous. And they can, uh, um, it's frustrating that the, the poll workers get there at 7, they're in there until 8. What is that? That's a 13-hour day. Maybe they get a break for lunch. They're exhausted. Why do they want to count the ballot at the end of the day? Why don't we bring in a whole set of new people to count that are fresh and re- mm-hmm. ready to do it? No, we can't do that. I mean, we can, but the will's not there. Entrenched interests want to continue what they're doing. Here's a quick example of of change, positive uh, system. Humboldt County, California, they had it's called the Election Transparency Project. Met Kevin Collins. He's one of the private people who worked with the uh, election clerk there that allowed that. Basically, they they bought a sixteen thousand dollars scanner. They brought it into the clerk's office, and it takes them you know a couple days, but you know they're scanning a thousand an hour or something like that or you know, 2,000 an hour, and they're turning into digital images. Now, those digital images get burned to uh, a couple DVDs. And so the public can just buy a copy of all the, all the ballots, put it on your screen and do a recount. Well, what's that mean? It means you don't want to cheat in Humboldt County. Guess what happened? Primary Bernie Sanders had the highest point spread in any county in California, 32 points difference. 32-point difference between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Basically, wow. uh, they cre- Bernie creamed Hillary. 
in an honest election in one of the counties. They they kind of lean towards Bernie anyway. But that that was you just don't cheat there. Thirty two point difference. Hillary got crowned. Yeah, that's what happens when you have an honest election. Well, and speaking of getting creamed, unfortunately, we lost Jim's line. That's terrible. Um, so, unfortunately, his his line dropped as well. Uh, so, it's just going to be it's just us, uh, as they said. Because um, I would have really lo- would have liked to have gotten Jim's final comments. But I think part of the comments, uh, and I can't speak for him, but I think part of his final comments would be to folks, uh, whether you're listening live or whether you're listening to the podcast, uh, that you can find here on Blog Talk Radio, or you can uh, just go to, uh, for your mobile devices, go to iTunes, and you can download uh, tonight's episode for free, along with all the other episodes that we've had since 2012. And I think that's over 300 shows uh, that we've done since then. And so I think you would add that go to open letter to donaldtrump.com. And also go to watchthevoteusa.com. Uh, so check out those websites. So we got about mm, seven minutes before I have to start closing things out for the night. And we've got uh, four of us on the line besides myself uh, now who could talk. Because, we, we, unfortunately, we, we lost both of their, uh, their talks. So let's go ahead and bring our final uh, thoughts. Uh, Each person's, you know, got about two minutes uh, for that. And so what we'll do is uh, let's go ahead and do it this way. We will have uh, yourself, John, and then we will go with you, Susan, and then David, and then Kelly, and then I'll have to close things out. Uh, So let's go ahead and get our our final thoughts for the evening, uh, starting with you, John. Understood. I know what uh, I know who you're referring to. Let's hope we're not seeing that uh, Tuesday night in the Wednesday morning because I feel like that's exactly what's going to be uh, with a lot of the United States uh, if Hillary Clinton becomes, especially our sovereignty for that matter, if Hillary Clinton uh, Clinton was to become president. And so let's go ahead and uh, give you. A, a little extra time there, Susan, but let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you for your final comments. Uh, well, I he just he's not on there now. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he lost his cause. It's terrible. I hate when that happens. I really wish that'd be something that you know they would fix. But go ahead. Mentioned a book called "Men Derek Called I Think Conspiracy," um, and he said it was Gary Allen, but it wasn't. So anyone who wants to get Zendaya called treason, which is the first one I got, and what Zendaya called conspiracy, it's written by John Stormer, not not Gary Allen. Um, Gary Allen wrote one on Nixon and several others, but he didn't write those. Um, so, uh, and you know, she was talking about how her post and people can't see things and stuff. Well, I've been posting my one article on Kaepernick and all of a sudden Facebook decided I don't know what they decided but in order to post it in each group I have to take time and write those CAPTCHA letters you know the where you read the text the little thing of seven or eight letters and you have to put it in or or you can't submit it and when I put 
uh, and what checked it out. They said, well, there's some reason you've been whatever. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? So on each group, I've been submitting a complaint, um, telling them they love Kaepernick, and he's a free country, and I don't have to love him, and uh, telling them they're idiots, come to Idaho and debate me. They don't believe in freedom. Are they communists? And I deserve an apology. So they're going to love me tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) This is what they do when you run for office, I guess, and they don't like you, so... Somehow they don't like what I was writing. And it was historical if if I sent it to you, Robert, uh, on the flag and the anthem. And so apparently they're in love with Kaepernick. Someone on the, maybe someone has a crush on him that's in, that's in their Facebook uh, stuff, Zuckerberg's crew. Maybe someone has a crush on him. <laughs> I don't know but I'm frustrated because it slows me down really big time. And that must be what they're trying to do, do is to discourage me from posting them. So it is what it is, I guess. But that's you know, we can't be satisfied with this, what it is. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead and, uh, and thank, thank you, Susan. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we're running out of our time here, so i got to bring it over. Uh, to the next uh, person, and that would uh, be you, David. Thank you, Robert. I wondered if anyone could give us an update on all the lawsuits and litigation that I hear is flying around. Who's suing who for what? If anybody has any specificity <laughs> on that, that would be great. Are, are you talking I, about uh, the, the Trump lawsuit? Uh, yeah, exactly. I thought that was pretty clever. He's proactively telling them that, hey, you interfered with our uh, campaign. You uh, you caused us to uh, spend money. You people got hurt. Yeah, uh, I think that that was very and, – and look at all the WikiLeaks and all the other evidence that I think that they can and, – and the uh, uh, James O'Keefe, uh, Project Veritas videos. You could use all that for evidence to show that – I'm not an attorney, of course, so it's like, you know, you caused harm or caused us expense, uh, and we're suing you for it. So, yeah, if anybody has any information on on that. Well, this is the first I've heard of the Trump lawsuit, so I I can't comment on that. I can comment on other lawsuits, for example. Well, Jim, real quick. Well, here's a real quick update, and this is important. Real quick, and here's a point. Uh, and we only got a couple minutes, uh, Kelly. Um, okay. As, as I'll get, you know, point of Google, and there's only one uh, one article that talks about you know him suing. The rest are about people suing Trump. Okay. Um, is uh, and they're all negative. I mean, they're all negative about Trump. So Google, you know. You know, we see what's going on. I mean, I mean, it says lawyers for Trump accusers have message after lawsuit threat. You know, so it's all anti-Trump on the, on the, on the first page. You know, one is about him being sued by one thing or another, uh, and then also it has. So it doesn't talk anything about his there on Google. So and that's under the news portion. And if you go to the all portion, it's the same thing. So for those of us who, uh, you know. Who are who are saying that? 
you know, and this is something in the news you think people will be looking at a lot. It's, 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 if you want to find information, you're not going to be able to find it uh, up on Google because you're, you're not, you know, well, I'm guessing we're going to have to start finding a new, a new search engine because Google's obviously, uh, you know, trying to bury stuff that has anything in positive light of Donald Trump. Go ahead, Kelly. But uh, make it real brief because I, I have to shut things down in about, uh, wow, one, one uh, two minutes. Well, yeah, John Brakey's lawsuit, he got uh, the raw images preserved. Um, Ray Lutz, uh, Citizens Oversight, he won in court to get a proper statistical 1% recount. You don't just go and look at one precinct and recount. No, it's 1% across the board. Um, Cliff Arnebeck has a lawsuit. I'm not sure if he's filed yet. There's been in-house problems between the funder and him. He's naming uh, CNN, the big networks, and everybody involved so that in depositions he's going to get a ton of information. That's not going to really do anything for this election, but he's got tons of evidence there. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, there's which lawsuit is the question, and so, you know, there's progress being made. Uh, lawsuits are slow, but they do reveal information. Um, so there's a lot of things. And, and by the way, uh, about John's comment, you know, but 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 that's all, folks. That's Porky Pig from the uh, Looney Tunes. I want to point out something about Porky Pig. You ever notice he's not wearing any pants? I try not to. And... <laughs> I watched the Mel Brooks special, and he pointed that out, and it was just funny. But, you know, it's one of these things where you just don't even notice until somebody points it out. That's just like election fraud, electronic election fraud, and the game's being played. Um, and luckily, this time compared to 12, we have made light years uh, strides compared to where we were in 12, and the public is becoming greatly aware to the point where um, politicians have to uh, acknowledge it. So hopefully we'll... And I hate to say 2020, but hopefully we're going to get a lot of this uh, figured out and have honest elections. Um, you know, honest elections equal what? Honest politicians. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of um, my that's all, folks, for tonight. It is, hey, it is Kelly. Tonight, cut to short, but I, I've got to close things Rob, out. Um, try the search engine duck, duck, go. Duck, duck, go. Well, definitely, uh, you know, when it comes to anything political, that may be uh, better than Google because I'm really starting to think that, you know, they are they are bearing these stories. But I will have to uh, close things out. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming to the show. I really appreciate it. We will be continuing, I think, our coverage discussion on the voter fraud next week. And, unfortunately, next week, believe it or not, folks, um, wow. It's the last one. Uh, it's the last. Oh, we missed. Uh, we, sorry, Susan. Uh, we, Susan just uh, dropped the call. And so we'll have to. Uh, oh, anyway, I'll have to message her. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to continue that coverage uh, as well until uh, next week, even though it's, it's the last one beforehand. So we'll have to close it uh, tonight as I do other nights. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music uh, by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thanks again, folks. Have a good night. And take care. See you next week. Good night.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.